Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. At Chemist Warehouse at this Christmas, find David off hot water 110 mil for just $34.99. Baz and Izzy, we might be at the beach, but the show goes on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. Morning to you. SENZ Summer Breakfast, three minutes past six on the 12th of January 2022. Hope the new year has started well and is treating you well. Only a couple of weeks in or not even. A big year to come, plenty of sport to cover and digest. And on a Wednesday, we've got a lot to get stuck into following a dominant and memorable and historic and emotional Black Caps victory against Bangladesh down at Hagley to square the series one apiece in the Bangladesh Test Series. Ross Taylor, we all saw that moment. Uh, a fairy tale finish for one of the great contributors of New Zealand sport of, well, all time and especially the last two decades. We'll debrief that throughout the morning. Martin Guptill, a very close mate of Ross's and an Auckland Aces player, Black Cap himself, is up after eight. Devin Conway, he tunned up again. Uh, he's breaking all sorts of records, only five innings, nine innings, five tests through his test career. We'll talk to him after nine. What else are we going to do? We're going to cover some horse racing. Pam Gerrard is a trainer there with Ballymore in partnership with Michael Moroni, who's based over in Australia. She's out of Matamata. That's with our racing today. We'll get a little bit of an update on what conditions might be from Pam and she's got some nice horses in this weekend as well at Trentham Races. Ben Kennings is a surfing New Zealand chief executive. Nationals were started yesterday and the conditions were beautiful I hear. And Kurt Heelan is the lead NBA writer and managing editor at NBCSports.com. The NBA is, what are we, probably more than a quarter, yeah, definitely, more than a quarter of the way through the season now. The All-Star break will come up faster than you can realise, and we've had a lot of movement 
and a lot of injuries and COVID situations to wade through. Kurt Heelan will give us the update. But today we are basking in one of the more dominant test victories you could have. Although it's only a drawn series, let's park that for now. We might come to that later in the morning as I welcome in former Black Cap and my co-host for the next wee while, Mitchell, Mitchell McLennigan. Morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, you well? I'm good. Yeah, you enjoyed that yesterday seeing Roscoe have a bowl. It's been a while since uh, New Zealand's been graced with his presence at the crease. I love when peer pressure works. <laughs> oh, so good, eh? So good. And and you, you said this morning you thought it was a terrible delivery. Well, I was the other side. I was like, yeah. a Linder, he's bowled wide and he's bowled full and made it out of the arc of a Linder going to cow corner. What a delivery. The man uh, should have been bowling a lot more for New Zealand. Yeah, so you, you were looking at it more from the uh, bowling analytical well, the point of view where you're trying to, you know, you got to realise who you who's at the other end and what they're got trying yeah, to do. get outside the arc. I just thought he'd just completely missed, but ah, no, 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 it was what perfect. A, what a delightful little uh, approach to the crease as well, the little yeah, bounce in, it, bounce out. It looked yeah, all right. Didn't it? It looked all right. You know, we've had some weird things happening this week. Steve Smith nearly winning the game for Australia. Oh right. But he used to, he literally started his career as a leg spinner. Yeah, he said he's got the buzz bug back now as well. So Did he? If you weren't sick of Steve Smith at the crease, now you might see him at the bowling crease a little bit more. To be fair, the three overs he bowled were pretty good. The, <laughs> yeah. the last delivery was the worst, but they he ma- almost made uh, Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad play every single yeah, ball. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, for someone who doesn't bowl much in games anymore, yeah, pretty impressive, right? Bit of a kick in the teeth to Manus, Pesty uh, Labuschagne, who's who really does fancy himself as a leg spinner. They well, didn't get chosen. serves him right for bowling uh, seam up during Shield cricket this year, like trying to change and be a seam bowler. So hey. If you if you want to go away from your art, you're not going to be first pick. There's no chance Ross maybe b- becomes a bit of an all rounder for this uh, ODI series in Australia. Is <laughs> well, I tell you what, it'll be interesting if they they take a squad and and a spinner gets injured. Uh, I guess he could come into the fray, but I, I dare say we probably won't. But yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, a little bit more thought needs to go into that around uh, what what teams are going to go over there because are they going to leave every single person uh, behind who could be in that test side? Are they going to leave 15 people behind? So are we going to see someone who might get an opportunity over there like a Cam Fletcher? Uh, is he going to be left behind because he? we're going to find out who they believe to be the next keeper in line? which is going to be super interesting because uh, I'd imagine you wouldn't send a, a backup keeper for your test cricket over to that Aussie tour. So yeah, interesting stuff's going to come out in the next couple of weeks, I think, Louis. Yeah, bingo, mate. Definitely. There's plenty uh, – There's plenty. Of, why do we get so excited about beating Bangladesh? Oh, yeah, this is great. This is great. I didn't know it was going to come at this time of the morning from Dale, but there's plenty of um, plenty to be happy about from this test. And there's also some questions to be asked about the test series in, in a ho- as a whole. One guy that did perform exceptional across both tests, and he was the player of the series, was Devin Conway. Um, he's hard to fault at the moment, really. Devin, apart from when he hit his bat and broke his hand, <laughs> but other than that, he's almost he he's almost your perfect cricketer. He seems to be doing everything right. Looks like a great team man, and he's scoring lots of runs. So we'll talk to him later on. Guppy, he's got a calf niggle, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got a calf injury. So um, we'll have a chat to him about it before uh, today around eight o'clock. So. Basically, the early prognosis was, and he'll tell, say as well, was six to seven weeks, um, hoping for three. 
so he can get onto that tour to Aussie. Um, but first physio session back was really good um, from all accounts. So um, he could do a lot more things than they were expecting. So we'll see how that's progressing. Um, he's going to be critical for that Aussie tour. For leadership purposes. Oh, leadership purposes. It's basically going to be him and Ross, that's it. Like does Guppy might have even been in, in line to, to captain that series. I, I can't see who else would do it. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting. Um, today there's a, a Ford Trophy game between Indy and mm. Auckland. Yeah. Well, that, well, they're called the Brave now, aren't they? Thoughts on their name and logo? Uh, I can't, can't say I've spent too much time looking at the logo. Logo. I guess this is just the age that we're going in, isn't it? With the you know the old, the old hundred. Um, Apologies to anyone in ND. This might upset you, but just three along there on the. I don't know why there's... Ah, the, the, is there some cricket balls in that? Oh, that's so is, on brand. There is four cricket... So there's seven cricket balls. Oh, and so on brand. And it's kind of like a peachy bee within like a little corner cut off of a pink. It is one of the worst sports logos I've seen. Yeah, I, I've probably, <laughs> see, now I've seen it. Now I've seen it. Um, there's nothing worse than a cricket logo having something to do with cricket in it. I'm just going to throw that out there. I just... I just it's weird. Well, I, I, yeah, I agree. It's just weird. <laughs> I agree. And actually, if you look at the rest of them, if we go through the domestic logos, the aces, great. Hearts, great. Yeah. Bra- brave. What they are, yeah. Brave. I don't know what we're doing with the big capital block letter B, two colours, seven balls. Why seven? Seven balls, yeah. Uh, Stags, yeah, love it. Hines, love it. Firebirds, love it. Blaze, love it. Kings, Magicians, Vaults, Sparks. Yeah. yeah. Seven balls. That's an interesting number of, of balls. <laughs> the rebrand. Right. Like, I'm sure there's a purpose to the rebrand, and I'm not – I don't want to come across – And only like white a, balls? Why, why no red balls or, or pink balls? That's an early chat yeah. for balls. <laughs> I've got off topic. What I was yeah. going to say was there's a game today between um, the Aces and the Brave in the Ford Trophy, and you'll – yeah, it's going to be a good game, I think. They played on Monday, and Indy... Smoked them. Smoked them. Smoked Auckland. And Absolutely smoked them. It, oh, Auckland's batting uh, was not up to it, Louis. Well, there was one one bowler who had sensational figures and took a couple of few wickets. I think three wickets. Bowlers 10 for, I think, five and a some, five or something economy rate. Mm. Mitchell Santner. Yeah. Now, Mitchell... Old Slink. Old Slink has... He has captain 2020 before... For the Black Caps, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he got a couple or one or two last season. True. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's pretty, actually he's probably in, in the line to, to captain that side over there, I'd probably say. Yeah. yeah. I've forgotten about it. Jeez, isn't that so bad? He gets left out of a test and all of a sudden well, he's back it's not top of mind. <laughs> it's, it, I guess it's been all, all the rage. Well, um, the old test at the minute, but. You know, and to some people's discomfort, he was persistent in the test side for a long time, mm. and it used to frustrate a lot of people. Um, and now, I guess maybe that would be interesting to know. Actually, I, I don't know where Mitchell Santner is in the the test equation. I think Rach and Ravindra is the younger option. They're probably not too much difference. Maybe that's what they I think. See. I think Rach and Ravindra is as a in the in the New Zealand cricket side is a better batsman. So I think in New Zealand conditions, they want someone who can hold an end up. Um, they're not too worried about a wicket-taking spinner and someone who can and bat. Um, it was surprising to see him bat a little lower than I thought thought he probably would. 
Um, I mean, he's a top order bat for Wellington. He opens the innings. So, so Blundell batted six and he batted yeah, seven, right? So I just thought it might have been for someone a bit younger, they have their opportunity to go at six, knowing that you still got a, another batsman behind you. Um, sometimes that can be everything. I know in T20, a lot of those had a lot of those hitters, um, like Pollard and Hardik Pandya and those guys, they like knowing that their number eight can still hold a bat. Mm. So they'd feel a lot better having a Nathan Coulton-Isle and at eight and Cornell Pandya at seven. Um, they'd play better. Pollard and Hardik Pandy would play better when they knew they had a couple of guys behind them. Uh, right. For whatever reason, it's a security blanket, I guess. Um, so maybe that sixth spot in Test cricket is where you make make your money. So uh, yeah, it's interesting the construct of it because yeah, you know, and you get into the minutia, and it's a bit earlier for this about the construct <laughs> of a Test lineup because then that what that does freeing up a spot down the bottom of the order for someone like an AJS Patel. Mm. And, you know, Cole Jamieson is going to be the guy, unfortunately, one way or another, that's going to, a lot of these conversations are going to revolve around how high he can bat. Uh, the sooner he can start pumping out runs consistently, the better for New Zealand cricket. Yeah. And otherwise, otherwise you start bringing someone like uh, Doug Bracewell back into the frame. Um, someone who's, and, he, and he's hungry for it. Who's batting beautifully, batting beautifully across all formats um, and does a similar job to, to Southie and, and the likes uh, and Jameson in terms of that stuff, that, that outswing bowling. So, you know, then his fr- his name comes into the frame because you, you do need that little bit more batting, um, I believe, and he can do a, as good of a job as the other guys, I believe. Um, but that's just that's that's just down the line if, if KJ can't start scoring runs because that eight needs to be able to, you know, bat and bat with the top order so you get that extra 50 60 runs that you desperately need at the end of the innings so yeah yeah anyway that's a anyway, lot that's a lot geez, of we've got through a lot of stuff a lot of we? sport chat at yeah. quarter past six yeah, what, I are know. You, what have you been up to mate how are you how are you copying the mornings copying mornings yeah she's uh she's pretty early start yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah the baby's baby's uh keeping us keeping us up um putting the missus under the pump that's for sure so in turn, putting you under the pump. Yep, yep, hundred <laughs> percent, mate, hundred percent. No, outside of that, no, it's just been been doing some work. Yeah, been doing some coaching. So, uh, so this is the morning job, and then go and do some coaching. That's the evening job. Nice. So yeah, yeah, burn it at both ends, mate. So it's got to work hard, hey, work hard. Yeah. Yeah, yourself? No, What are no. you going to do today? No sport? Bugger all. No sport? Yeah. yeah, I'm doing bugger all. This is a holiday for me. Joe Joe and Nipi are producing the thing. I'm just turning up and uh, this is brilliant. Yeah, good. This is great. Uh, yeah. Back to reality when Baz and Izzy and the full station gets back going and then the workload will start to... I'm, I'm loving it though. You know, day, lovely hot days just on the couch, yeah. kind of drifting in and out of consciousness as the sports going. Oh, Jeez, that's it, what we want. It couldn't be much better to be fair. Yeah. So I'm, I'm good, mate. We're actually, I think we're, going to, we're moving into our new studios here at SCNZ very shortly as well. So I might go down and check those out today. And yeah, no, it's, it's, oh, good, lovely. it's good stuff, mate. The weather has been so hot. It's been boiling, eh? Except for when we come in here and it's like minus two. Siberia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you don't have the hood up this morning. So it's yeah. not as cold. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up today. I'm feeling good. We didn't talk some NBA a bit later. 
that's probably what I'll be doing today. Just trying to look at the schedule and see what would be on. Yeah. Um, we got a we got a Grizzlies Warriors game, which screams me. Oh, mate, that's going to be a belter. Yeah, John Morant is um, one of the my favourite players in the league to watch. Is he? He is. He is. DC's got hops, eh? Mate, he he might be the most athletic guy in the league at the moment. It's crazy. I just couldn't believe how. <laughs> just seeing that rebound he got the other day. The that block, block. That block. That block Two-hand yeah. block. Pinned it both hands on the backboard and then realised he couldn't actually keep holding it because he was going to probably snap <laughs> yeah. his arms off. Uh, so he left it go and then picked it back up, goes down the other end. He's a freak, mate. Um, That's exciting, eh? And with Clay, I see Draymond's out again today, but Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, I think that Grizzlies-Warriors game at 2pm, that'll be a bit of me. Um, Grizzlies, so you're back in the Grizzlies in? Um, I don't know where it is, but yeah, it like, doesn't be, really matter now, does it? It'll it'll <laughs> be a good game. It'll be a really good game. Looking forward to that. Twenty eight like and fourteen. Golden, yeah, Golden State looks like they're at home. So, mm. so that'll be fun. So we're gonna we're gonna chat some NBA just after seven o'clock. There's some the racing at Mata Mata going on today. We do get our markets up for the weekend on a Wednesday, so I'll be on market watch trying to find a few winners for this weekend. I'll be interested. There's a, a great three-year-old race this weekend called the Levin Stakes. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's the or is it the Wellington, the Trentham Guineas? I, I might have gone a might have gone a couple of weeks earlier. It'll be the Trentham Guineas this weekend at Trentham, and that's always a great race. Paranui Bay's backing up or turning up for Tony Pike, so I'm looking forward for that. And I'm actually a, a total nuffy and. You might think this is strange. You probably heard me watching some clips this morning when we were meant to be preparing for the show. The Wellington Guineas. The Wellington Guineas this week. It's going to be a great race. There is the yearling sales going on at the moment over on the Gold Coast at the Magic Millions. Oh, yeah. And I can just sit there and just watch that All the day. live stream. Yeah. Just the horses being sold. Yeah. And just see who's bidding what on What does them. it for you? Oh, the sound of it, I think. Just the the... It's the... You know, the auctioneers are going, and it's like you, you see one, that you, you have a quick scan, you, you, re- you might see the, the dam was a racehorse that year, because you know the sires, the yep. stallions, because yep. there's only a certain amount of them that are good, or, you know, yep. are interested, but then you might see a dam, oh, I, back, I backed that thing a few years ago, oh yeah, now that could gallop, okay, alright, who's putting it up, where's it coming from, what stud farms, uh, you know, which vendor's putting it through, and then you start saying, oh, you kind of try guessing your head what, what, how much it would go for, then they blow it out of the water, then there's a bidding war, and next thing it's $800,000, then Gay Waterhouse is having a crack for nine hundred k, and then the gavel comes down, crack! I love it. Oh yeah, so what was the, what was the highest price yesterday? There was a filly that Peter Moody bought for $950,000. Nine hundred fifty thousand. So, how many horses that get sold uh, at that price will you actually see a return on? <laughs> not, not many. Not many. <laughs> not, not many. many. <laughs> not to be honest, mate. Not many. I mean, you know, some and and you you got to pay the big bucks for the pedigree a lot yeah, of the time. Right. So. Yesterday, actually, at Tiaka, so David Ellis went to 674, so this is New Zealand, yeah. they're the Kiwis, the powerhouse Kiwis, and he went to 675000 for a um, a Fastnet rock filly out of an American mare, Keep On Singing, which was a stakes winner. And for the pedigree, the strong pedigrees like that, the, the strong stallion breeds crossed with the, the mares that have won big races, or, again, they had good pedigrees. You just that's just the going price. The ones for the horses that are perfectly conformed and really look like they are going to be champions. And 
Yeah, the 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 top the sales topping or the day one sales topper was the do- was the daughter of a Magic Millions two year old classic winner. So she won as a two year old at, a, at the highest level. Mm. Out of Zustar, who's a proven stallion, nine hundred fifty thousand dollars wow. to Peter Moody, and um, you know, like these, there's so many good judges that turn up, and everyone can see something different. But the reason the prices go high is that. Well, and this is my pretty novice opinion. Baz knows a wee bit more about the stuff than me. That the price goes high here is because there's a few really good judges that all agree, and they write, they drive each other up because they all want it. And once you know there's a bidding war between a certain few characters, that you know it becomes the, ego. It becomes ego, <laughs> and it's like um, an Avantage was a, a broodmare that, well, a mare that got sold from Tiaka was it for about five million dollars went to Coolmore. Yeah, and she'd won nine. Well, she she'd won nine Group Ones, I think. So the fact that she'd won nine Group Ones, it was a bidding war between Coolmore and I'm pretty sure Darley, two of the biggest studs, and they just kept knocking. We thought she might go for two point five to three, but they just kept knocking each other up in kind of hundred k blocks and just bang, 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 bang. Next thing, it was five and a bit, and it was just like. Wow, and, and at that stage, it, at that stage, it really is just ego. So it's, it's quite it's quite exciting to watch. Oh, jeez, hey, <laughs> that's that IPL cash, mate. Oh, well, Baz talked to Baz about that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have a chance mate, in a couple of weeks, mate. <laughs> you're a regular, mate. No, I, just, I had to make my money in prize money, mate. <laughs> ah, right, uh, which wasn't bad, but that's uh, yeah, no, nah, not on that cash like those boys. Far you're out. You're not that Magic Millions, that, nah, that, no, that no, Pe- no. Peter Moody cash, <laughs> right? <Nah. laughs> so that, that could be what I'm doing today. Just sit down and watch a bit of that. And yeah, the New Zealand sure. bloodstock sales, the Caracas sales, are the ones that I really g up for because then you got all the Kiwis involved and the yeah. the good Kiwi vendors that are selling their horses. The yeah, some great people involved. So that's what really. When are they coming up? Uh, March. So they are usually January. So the, after the, the week after the Cracker yeah. um, Millions. So. Yeah. But this year, just because of the COVID situation, they just pushed it back a couple of months. So March, oh, yeah. I think week of March 7. So not too long to wait now, which is exciting stuff. Anyway, it's 23 minutes past six. There's a couple of texts here about Bangladesh and Ross Taylor. We'll get to those after this. You listen to SCNZ Summer Breakfast. Louis Herman Watt with Mitch McClinic. McLennigan. Yeah. <laughs> We're going good. McLennigan. <laughs> That's it, McLennigan. You're listening to SCNZ. The news is coming up shortly, then some love racing, and uh, Quizzy Dag will be back. Here's one for you, Mitch. Lads, why do we get so excited about beating Bangladesh? It's like the ABs beating Italy, Dale. Dale, it would also be like the ABs tying a series with Italy. <laughs> That's why we're so excited, mate, because we got pumped in the first game. <laughs> Do you, I guess. Do, do you do you think that there's probably a bit of a bit more reflection we'll do post the Ross Taylor celebrations and um, kind of love affair, which is awesome, and we need to do it because he's a great. But is there a bit more reflection we'll do about this series? I think I think there definitely will be, and I think um, no more no more reflection is going to be done than in two years' time. Um, that last series leading into where the big points are on offer just before going into that World Test Championship final. And we could be looking back at this series and going, what if? For Bangladesh, a tied series in New Zealand, a drawn test series in New Zealand. is great. Well, great. Historic, <laughs> literally. What a result. What a result. They would have been thinking they're coming away from this tour with zero points. 
and now they go back to their own conditions. You know, they 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 generally dominate in their own conditions because uh, they are that terrible. Playing cricket in Bangladesh is so foreign for any Western team. So, yeah, so they'll dominate in their own conditions. Uh, so, hey, look, <laughs> could you imagine if they pick up another draw somewhere overseas and they end up being in the World Test Final? Well, that's the thing about cricket that we've never really worked out, and it's kind of the beautiful disaster about it, that home and away conditions are so, so brutal. So dramatically different. And yeah. there's no other sport really like it. And, and, you know, we've mooted so many things like the away team just take decides what they do, mm-hmm. you know, to try and, and you know, in, in a way that's kind of still... That's the Bangladesh won the toss, put us in on a green seamer. Exactly, mate. So, exactly. So, um, look, it's with the way the World Test Champions set up. I think the home team should be able to play their own conditions and have, if they win the toss, to be able to do what they want to do. That's just this nature of this home and away stuff. Mm. If if it wasn't about, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, you probably just have no toss. Um, and the away captain, they do that in county cricket. Um, so so guys are making more fair wickets. Um, groundsmen are making more fair wickets. Um, because they didn't want their team to to have to be bowled out real cheaply on the first day, um, as some counties were doing previously. So, oh, there's merit to both sides, though. Um, oh, interesting um, that Sean Johnson chat, um, and I don't know if anyone heard the interview yesterday, and I'd love to know listeners' thoughts on it. Sounds like um, he's not going to. Sounds like he's trying to put himself in the Cooper Cronk type general marshalling the team around the field. Um, that's the way he's starting to talk. And I don't know what our listeners think, um, whether having watched him at the Sharks, whether we think he has the ability to do that in big games. Uh, I've never questioned Sean Johnson's ability in games where there's nothing on the line, uh, but more so those big games. Um, he's gone missing for the Warriors, for the Kiwis, for the Sharks in the final series a couple of years ago. And as, as him coming out and talking like he wants to marshal a team around the field, a bit like a Cooper Cronk, uh, you know, does does that fill you with a lot of confidence as Warriors fans? Jeez, that's a big question. That's a big question for 28 minutes to seven. Let's come back to that one. Let us know, Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eleven. the Kennard Tire phone line. Sean Johnson, we might have to do an autopsy before the fact here and try work it out, Mitch. All right, let's, let's come back to that. That's a good question. I'll, I'll, do, my, I'll do some homework and uh, I'll come back to you right now. It's the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. SNZ Summer Breakfast. Keep your messages coming through on the Black Caps. Huge test win against Bangladesh. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. We've got some messages coming through. Where are you at with this one? Are you just happy that we pumped them? Are you happy for Ross? And we'll talk about Ross moving forward. Martin Guptill after 8 o'clock. Devin Conway after 9. I want to know about fairy tale finishes in sport. When the script just makes sense. So just start to simmer on that, and we'll come back to it. As we will, Sean Johnson. Ooh, that chat with Stephen McIver yesterday. You can go listen to that on uh, the Ian Smith, the Mornings with Ian Smith podcast channel. Yeah. Is he capable of being a general? 
plenty to get through this morning. Right now, Mitch, let's do some love racing, eh? Loveracing.nz is your place for everything thoroughbred racing. Thoroughbred owners, share the thrill of ownership with your mates. Enter at loveracing.nz slash share the thrill for the chance to win a 10% share in a racehorse. T's and C's apply. I can tell you I have entered this competition and I am hoping like heck that they don't just rub me, scrub me out because people will think that it's fixed. I would love nothing more to win this comp. Anyway, today they're at Matamata. Pam Gerard's up after 7.40. It'll be a nice dead track, I would have thought. And there are actually some trials at Matamata along with the races. And where I want to point your attention first up is a trial that's going around at, well, there's two trials. How's this for a trial? An open catchweight, 1,050 metres at 1.22. This is also what I'll be doing with my day. Marcus Aurelius, Short Fuse, Elephant, Amaralina, Imperatriz, Vanessa, Probable. This is a stacked trial. Amaralina, Imperatriz, Probable for Jamie Richards' barn, as well with Marcus Aurelius, but Elephant. So Elephant and Probable in particular are heading off to the All-Star Mile. They want votes, so this will be a great line to get through Elephant to see, and, and we know that Probable can be a bit lazy in some of her trials, so it'll be interesting to see whether she's just going for a little trot around or whether she's a bit more forward than she usually is. Elephant, Probable, Amaralina, Imperatriz, Vanessa, Marcus Aurelius, Short Fuse. That's very exciting. But the racing is going on, and I think I've actually got... I think I might actually have a little bet for us, Mitch. I'm going to move you, take you to race five at Matamata today. Yep. Down in at number seven is a Savabelle mare called Highborn. Good name, Highborn. And Highborn actually flashed home for a great third, the track and distance, uh, not long ago. Well, I think, well, actually, no, she's st- stepping up over ground today. So, flashed home, came screaming home down the outside behind Ling Jun Hero, who Pam Gerard trains today. So, what I want to work, trains in general, and, and Ling Jun Hero that day just won superbly. What I would love to know from Pam is, is Ling Jun Hero in good order? Does she think she's going to win? And if the answer is yes, I think Highborn in race five can get up if that form is franked in this maiden field. It looks well within her com- her uh, ability. $5.50, $2.10. looks like each way money to me. Number seven, race five, Highborn. From Barrier 5, Joe Cameroon and for Jamie Richards. That is my bet for today. And um, I'll be curious to know whether Pam Gerard thinks Ling Jun Hero can also win. Stephen Marsh, I should point out, also has a really nice type. Saracen, who... Missed just on debut with Maddie Cameron in the saddle today. That is race number four, $2.20. Pretty short, but I think should be winning as well. So plenty of thoroughbred action for me today, mate. I'm... um Good. I'm into it. Yeah, you love it, eh? Oh, it's, it's it's nice to. This has been our, our downfall the last couple of weeks. Ricardo and I are, are are not big horse horse men, horse punters. So you're giving the the crowd what they want, Louis. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Mind you, I, I gave everyone the tip of wild moose. So I'm, I'm going to I'm going to live off that for the next couple of weeks, mate. So made some made some punters, some cash. Or I hope hopefully, uh, unless they just thought I was talking absolute garbage, which is quite possibly 
up there as well, Max. So. No, I reckon there's always somebody that backs you. There's always somebody that backs you. And um, and, I, and then quite often you go, damn, I wish nobody backs me in there because <laughs> I feel bad. So so out of those two races, uh, so you got Highborn and race five. And what was your race four pick? Uh, race three. Race, uh, sorry, no, you're right. You're race four, Saracen. Saracen. So that $100 TAB bonus bet that we've got today, whoever wins that. We're doubled which one? up. We're doubled up, mate. Would you, yeah, I know. Is that now? Yeah, it's now. Yeah. So. Quizzy, quizzy dag, Mitchy dag, Mitchy, 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 quizzy, Mitchy, <laughs> quizzy, Mitchy, exactly, <laughs> mate. So, so which one of those would you would you bang your hundred dollar bonus bet on? Uh, I would go fifty dollars each way. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, I'd go fifty dollars each way on Highborn, or uh, Highborn place Saracen win multi. Oh. Oh. I think Saracen will win, but okay. but I also yeah. I also like I like Highborn. Curious to, to find out. Pam Girard has four runners today. Some at nice odds as well, so she might be able to point us in to a couple. And then this weekend, she's going to take some of her nice ones down to Trentham for a look around in those group races, including Rock and Horse, which is a real nice horse for Sammy. Williams and Lavendale start. Oh, they're calling already, Mitch. 0800-150-811. Quizzy Dag is next. I haven't seen the quiz. I don't know if it's easy. I don't know if it's tough. I haven't seen it either. I can't find it on the Do we have a quiz? (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to make some up. That's all right. We'll ring Izzy. (laughs) Somebody get Izzy Dag on the phone. phone. (laughs) Send it through, mate. We haven't got it, Izzy, if you're listening. (laughs) The old email service down. And he will be. He will be. Up early going out fishing yesterday. Maybe the same today. 19 from 7. 0800 150 811. 100. You want the full rack? Come and get it. It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a bass. Louis, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies cause the ain't in the bag. Oh, 800-150-811 now. Give it a go. Yes, it's that time of the morning. Quizzy Dag brought to you by Ashley and Martin. Give us a call on 800 150 well, we had the quiz of all quizzes this morning. Neeps, <laughs> uh, our producer, said that he had the best quiz. It's an absolute belter, uh, but it's disappeared. <laughs> yes. So we've just we've just concocted the easiest quiz of all time between myself and Louis uh, this morning. So it's going to be a nice, easy one to start the morning team. All right, we've got Tim on the line from Christchurch. Tim, how are you? Good boys, how are you going? Yeah, good. You like the sound of a nice easy quiz? Oh, I love the sound of it. <laughs> yeah, you said beautiful. it a couple of mornings in a row, though, Mitch. Oh, it's good. Yeah, true. It's, well, we put it together in about 30 seconds, so it wasn't the... heaps of thought in it. So we'll start off with the first question. We've got, what injury does Martin Guptill have? Uh, broken toe, isn't it? Ooh, oh, no. That's his former oh, that's, injury. Oh, that's his former injury. Yeah. Jeez, that'd be uh, hard luck, Tim, hard luck. Geez, that'd be difficult. Uh, broken toe, and then he doesn't have the toe on the other foot. <laughs> no, so, that's so right. Played a whole World Cup with uh, no toe and a broken toe, so that and was now, impressive stuff. He's actually on a bad luck. Is it? She yeah, got, no. He's, yeah, 
Are you getting old? Oh, no, no. We don't use that word around here. Richie, do you know the answer to that one? What injury does Martin <laughs> Guptall have? Uh, calf strain. He does, mate. Beautiful. We'll get an update on that uh, just after 8 o'clock as well. So, lovely start. Who won the college football national championship game yesterday? Minnesota. Oh, no. Hard luck, Richie. Hard luck. All right, we've got Simon on the phone. Simon, is today the day? Never know, Mitch. Never know. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Who won the college football national championship game yesterday? Was it Georgia? It was Georgia. Absolutely it was. Beautiful stuff. And we've got a double tick. Outstanding. Who was the player of the test series between Bangladesh and the Black Caps? Um... Of the series. Two uh, and one. Tom, Tom, I don't know. Tom Latham, don't know. Oh, that was a good guess. Good, good guess. guess. He was player of the match, I'm assuming. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're on fire this morning, team. We're on fire. Yeah. Hard luck, hey, Simon. Mitch, hey, Mitch, hey, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> yes, here we go. Well done. All right, Brenton from Auckland. How are you, mate? Oh, good, brother. Good. Nice. Who was the player of the test series between Bangladesh and the Black Caps? Oh, I don't even. I don't even know. Well, it's probably not... wasn't even a Kiwi. I'm gonna go. Uh... Wasn't Tom Latham? So who else is there? Kevin Conway. Oh, oh yes, oh. what a guess, son! Beautiful stuff. <laughs> there we heavens. go. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, <laughs> Robert. You got two more questions oh. for that hundred dollar bonus. Oh, bet. come on, brother. Bring it over house. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Okay, uh, where are the NZ Surf Nationals being held? Oh. I'm gonna say Westport. Westport, oh, good man. That's it. That's I love it. That'll play. Okay. I and, the other day, I think. Oh, good. Hey, this could be your day. This could be your day. Oh, come on, mate. Okay, come on. here we go. Nice. This is my team, so this is my question. What do the Los? Uh, who do the Los Vegas Ra- the Las Vegas Raiders play this weekend? Um, they are playing two. Oh, I don't know. One, any team. Baltimore. Oh, Raven. no. Oh, no. The final hurdle. Hard luck, mate. You have a cracker of a day. All right. We've got Mark from Tauranga. Come on, Mark. Come on, Mark. You deserve this to start the year, Mark. Okay. How are you, boys? I've got uh, I've got no bloody idea, so it's going to be a punt. <laughs> okay. Um, we love a punt. Which is just, which is just no good. Uh the four, oh shivers, um, 49ers. 49ers, hard luck. The 49ers are playing the Cowboys. So, uh, hard luck, mate. Uh, that's a shame. All right, we've got Bruce from Hamilton. Come, Come on, on, Bruce. Come on, Bruce. How are you? Buffalo. No, bro, they're not oh. playing the Buffaloes. Oh, so confident as well. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay, we'll move straight on to Jade from Hamilton. Jade is Jade is going to absolutely middle this, mate. Okay, who you I got, Jade? Feel it in my bones. Who are the Las Vegas Raiders playing this weekend? Jade's got no clue, so Jade's going to say Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, bro, no. What is going on? No Raiders fans out there. All right, Callum. Yo, Cincinnati Bengals. They are! Yeah, yeah, big yeah. Cow. Yeah. 
Yes, what a quiz, what a quiz. Well done, mate. Are you going to jump on Louis' multi? Oh, I might jump on, yeah, well, I might jump on, multi it up with the Packers to, to win some games. Oh, yeah. My team, yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Good. Nice, yep. mate. That's smart, Callum. I like it. Good, yeah. That'll yeah. be good. $100 bonus bet coming your way thanks to uh, Quizzy Dad and Ashley and Martin. Not happy with your hair loss? Make today your turning point and search Ashley and Martin online. It's 6.52. Up next, Trudy's World. Trudy's World. It's Trudy's World. It's Trudy's World. It's Trudy's World. It's Trudy's World. Guys, well, wow, Ross Taylor capping off his test career with an absolute fab finish yesterday, taking that final wicket in the Black Cats' victory over Bangladesh at Hagley Oval, our former captain. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> our former captain, yeah, Roscoe. She's, um, she's just gone to the to metaverse with our, our first quiz. Of the morning, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll find we'll find Trudy in twenty years' time when we pay some exorbitant fee with chilling out with the Zaka, yeah, yeah, and Elon. <laughs> hey, um, do, do you know who else took their last? Okay, how do I explain this? What's the what's the question asked? Let me get, let me think this one through. Mm. Another New Zealand cricket great. Their last action on the field was to take a wicket. Oh. Last action. Last, the last thing Recent they did times? in their test career. Recent times. No. Oh. oh I've got nothing for you. So Richard Hadley's last action in a test was was to take a wicket. To take a wicket. Was and it? Now Ross Taylor, because that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. It'd be nice if Hadley finished with a six, and we mirrored this the other way around. Yeah. It'd have been good. Isn't that crazy that Ross Taylor took a wicket with the last ball of his test career? Oh, the no, last, mate. The, 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 last, the last thing he did on a test. You couldn't dream of it. Could you? <laughs> no one would have picked that. Is if there was if the TAB had odds that at the start of the day, it would have been a thousand to one. Oh, Five thousand, more than ten thousand. Was wouldn't even been on. Hundred thousand. Do we even list Ross Taylor as a bowler? No. <laughs> Cricket, what a weird and wonderful beast. Trudy, we'll have to get you back tomorrow. Maybe we'll just try over the phone. After this, we're going to talk some NBA. Right now, it's the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. At Chemist Warehouse at this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110 mil for just $34.99. Baz and Izzy, we might be at the beach, but the show goes on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. Welcome back in SCNZ Summer Breakfast. Mitch McLennigan and Louis Herman Watt here throughout the morning until 10 a.m. Plenty coming up, including some awesome guests. Pam Gerrard, a trainer with Ballymore there at Matter Matter. Martin Gupta, yeah, Guppy, awesome. Pulling out the big guests is Mitch. Ben Kenning, CEO of Surfing New Zealand. Devin Conway after his Man of the Series performance against Bangladesh in the Test Series. So much going on through summer. We wouldn't leave your side here on SENZ. I hope you're back at work and you're enjoying it. Maybe you're just getting up, having your first coffee of the morning, a little bit groggy, but kick back into action because 2022 is going to be a huge one. Mitch, you're an NFL fan. You like your hoops as well? 
Uh, I've been getting into it. I've been following the Bulls for for a long time. Um, we got two two little um, two hats as kids. Me and my brother. He got the Orlando Magics. Uh, <laughs> well, the Shaquille O'Neal era, and I got the the Bulls. But now he tells a different story that that I got the Orlando Magic, and then when Jordan was going so well, I stole his hat. So. As a big brother, you wouldn't expect anything less, would you? No. But, so apparently we're both Bulls fans, um, according oh, to Tate now. So. Well, well, to be fair, if you were an Orlando Magic fan, you would probably be trying to find escape route anywhere you could. Oh, but Shaq was so good, bro. He mm, was so good. Hardaway. That was a pretty fun era for the Magic. Been pretty bleak since. Well, the league's actually, the season, it's snuck up on us. We're nearly at the halfway mark. Can you believe that? Through the NBA season, Kurt Heelan is the lead NBA writer and managing editor at NBCS, NBC Sports, I should say. And uh, he's on the line now joining us out of the States. Been good enough to give us some of his time. Morning or afternoon to you, Kurt. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and if I don't know if I had an Orlando Magic hat as a kid, I, I might have accidentally lost it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful! Yeah, that's fair as well. That's maybe maybe why I made that trade. Air quotes. Air quotes. <laughs> trade. <laughs> oh, beautiful. How's it going? Yes, yeah, it's, it's almost halfway through the season. We're going to be going to the All Star break pretty soon. It snuck up on everyone. How how are you uh, finding the season so far? You know, it's been kind of fun. I mean, it's been like everything everywhere has been obviously disrupted a lot uh you know I'm, I'm sure it's happening with in cricket and everywhere else like it just you teams aren't quite full they're having to bring in replacement players because of covid and and they're trying to keep the season rolling through this uh it's been a challenge for everyone so it's been a bit disrupted that way but it's also been really entertaining and you'd be happy to know like maybe the biggest surprise of the year is your bulls are really good. Really good. They are really good. I, I, I got to say it going into the season. I thought, man, I'm just going to bet the over in every one of their games. Cause they're, they're going to score a lot of points. They had all these great offensive players and they brought in this DeMar DeRozan, who's, you know, been around the league forever and is a guy who can kill you from the mid range. And, and they had Zach Levine who won the mm. dunk contest, but can score. And they had all these scores, but I'm like, man, they're not gonna be able to defend at all. They've been a when healthy and all their guys are there. They've been a, a solid defensive team, and you combine that with their offense. They've been, I mean, I think they have the best or second best record in the East right now. They've been kind of bouncing in and out of that spot, but they've been surprisingly good this year. Yeah, you're right. They have the currently they have the best record in the East. Although, as you pointed out, it's been a, a headache for um, well team officials. I guess the league in general. Yeah, the Bulls, for example, have played 26 and lost 11, where the Bucks have played 26 and lost 17. So, yeah, you know, some there's total disparity with some teams and how many games they have played. The Eastern Conference in general. Um, what about the Cavs? I think yeah. talking about surprises, I mean, there's some there's some regular figures there, the Nets, Heat, Bucks, and Sixers that you'd expect to be in the mix. But the Cavs, are they another team that weren't necessarily expected this stage to be holding a six seed? No. In fact, they, they, if, if I was going to say the biggest surprise in front of the Bulls would be them because I thought the Bulls would be good, not great. I thought the Cavs would, um, well, I guess the word I'm looking for is suck. Like, I just didn't, <laughs> I, just, I, I didn't think they were going to be they, they just they, they had a lot of young players. They had some players with potential, but this was considered, you know, they are going through a rebuilding process, uh, which, you know, in it, 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 the way the NBA is set up, it's it's a process. You can't just 
buy your way to it. Like, hey, we'll just retool. It's, you know, unless you're the Lakers, you can't really do that. Um, but they came along a lot faster than expected. And they've been um, – part of it is that they, they drafted a rookie named Evan Mobley uh, who has been much – I mean, he was expected to be good in a couple of years. He was kind of considered a young player who's – man, he's got a lot of potential. There's a lot of – you know, he's a project, but there's a lot of potential there. No, he's ready. He's, he was good from the get-go. <laughs> nice. uh, Darius Garland took a step forward. They're veterans. Everything's just kind of fit together really well for them. They've stumbled a little bit of late, um, but th- they've been, just like I said, surprisingly good all year. And, you know, right now they're a, they're, they're a playoff team, which is really just not something I would have expected. Yeah, true. I'll go back to that game with the Bulls the other night, obviously going down against the Mavericks. Um, Luca made his return um, from yep. injury. Uh, recorded the 39th career triple-double and just looked like he really sparked that team. But Josh Green, the young Aussie, uh, the young Aussie guard, yep. um, you know, he's really shaping up to be a really nice player for Jason Kidd. Do you think they'll end up using him as a bit of a trade pawn um, or do you think they'll look at retaining him? Um. I think that they would they would consider using him as a trade piece if if the right piece came out. But he's I mean, look, there's a lot of potential in Josh, but uh, there's I'm not sure that they could get back what they think he'll be worth. If that makes sense, mm. like they're just they, you know they 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 look at him and say, man, you know, in a couple of years, like this this is one of those guys who's a bit of a project, he needs some polish on his game, but he can be that. He can be really good, and he can fit really well next to. You know, Luca, who started the year a little bit slow and, and well, admittedly was out of shape. Um, he uh, he enjoyed his off season and and then came in a little a little a little <laughs> slow. But um, but you know, I don't know if they're. I think that I let's put it this way. I know for a fact that they've talked to teams, and he's kind of one of their like you said trade pawns, one of the pieces they've got out there. But I don't know that they're going to make a bold move. I don't know that there's. Mm. Equal he's value. Def- he's, def- back. Yeah, he's definitely contributing to their side at the minute, yeah. isn't he? And he's and he's a great fit next to like ultimately he's a really good fit next to Luca. Like it's it's something that could really work because that you know, style, he can work that off fast the ball pace, and he's got the athleticism. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I guess um, as well, I thought Portland had a good win the other night over the Nets with uh, Corey Irving playing with Durant. Um, Lillard, Lillard, Damian Lillard still out with that abdominal yep. strain. Um, doesn't sound like it's getting any better. No, and it honestly goes back to he was, um, he, you know, he was on the U.S. Olympic team and going into the Olympics, it's oh, it's going to be Kevin Durant and, and Lillard, and then they're going to be fine. And he just, it, it bothered him enough that he, I mean, he was good, and he, you know, but he wasn't himself. And that's kind of where he's been this year. He's good, but he's not been his dynamic self. And that team in particular in Portland desperately like he is the anchor he is the alpha he is the everything for them if he's not being one of the 10 best players on mm. the planet they're in trouble and he's just not been this year and and now he's out uh, at least like another six games and he's gonna this this is always concerning in whenever you hear this phrase he's gonna go see specialists yes yeah surgery <laughs> <laughs> yeah the word specialist just implies that bad things are probably yeah. coming so um, if if nothing else, he's going to be out for an extended period, and they may. It, it makes this an interesting year for them because if they're not good and they're not competing like this, then do they do they retool their team around him? Like, do they use some of their other players, good players, you know, CJ McCollum and and Yusuf Nurkic and some guys they have? Do they use them as 
trade pieces and try to retool this team mm-hmm. around Lillard or what do they do? And, uh, you know, they fired their general manager, their, 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 you know, the head of their basketball operations side midway through the season. So nobody really knows, like nobody even knows how much power ownership has really given the new head guy to make moves. Yeah, that's right. Kurt Heelan's the lead NBA writer at NBCSports.com. If you've got any questions about your team, send us a check, double eight, double three, and we'll put them to Kurt before we let him go. Uh, one guy who hasn't disappointed this year in some pretty trying circumstances is the MVP, Nikola Jokic. To the eye, he almost no. looks like he's gone to another level yet again, Kurt, which is hard to believe yeah. because, I mean, offensively he's an absolute force. He's a wizard with the ball as a point centre. But the Nuggets, um, the Michael Porter Jr. injury is a nightmare. Jamal Murray, I know yeah. they're good people there and it's a good franchise. How helpless is Jokic at the moment? Pretty helpless. It's it's frustrating because I think he's, I'm with you, he's actually been better than last year and he won most valuable player last year. Like, he has been spectacular and part of it is that you know he's the the best best passing big man i think the game has ever seen but beyond that you know hitting his shots his defense got better that was always the hole in his game right he just was not a great defensive player he's become he's become solid on that end he's become a respectable defensive player and that just makes him so much more valuable um but they're just like you mentioned it like this was a team honestly if they're healthy i I think they're title contenders, but we're not, you know, Michael Porter journey jr. Is having his third back surgery by age 23, which is, I don't think to tell anybody that's a bad sign. And Jamal Murray should be back soon. Um, you know, later this year in, in the coming month or two, uh, from a torn ACL, but uh, you guys know this, like every time a player in any sport comes back from a torn ACL, even with modern technology today, it still takes what another, six months of play or something before they trust it the same way, right? Like you just don't, yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't make the same cuts. You don't make the same moves or explosiveness. You don't quite trust it instinctively the same way for a while. So I don't know what they're, you know, we, he'll be back, but how good is he? That's true. Um, I guess you talked about defense. So we'll go to one of the worst offensive teams in the comp at the minute, the Lakers. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Oh, they're the groans. Yeah. Um, I just want to touch in. LeBron James is um, creeping in on a phenomenal record, NBA history record. He's 33 <laughs> rebounds away and 112 assists away from being the only player in NBA history with 10,000 rebounds and 10,000 assists. Does that yeah. does that settle the argument of the greatest player oh, of all time? I know. That's I know, not where you're going to go. Open it up. That's not where you're going to go. Well, Don't do uh, that to I'm Kurt. Just, that's not what Kurt's here to do. That's yeah, not go fair. On, Kurt. Just spark up our text machine, mate. Does does that settle it? Like no one in history has done ten thousand rebounds, ten thousand assists. I can't look. Settle it? First off, I don't think we want to settle it, do we? We want to argue about this. Yeah, exactly. Grave, we do, Kurt. Um, we do. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna and I'm gonna take Kareem Abdul Jabbar's side anyway. Oh, <laughs> oh wow, there's some um, fire but, on a Wednesday morning. Um but I it, it, he is I gotta say this. I mean at age thirty seven nobody has played this well. I mean he turned thirty seven uh, just before the the turn, you know, before last, I guess two weeks ago, before just before mm. it turned New Year's, and he's uh, he's playing it, and he's he's you know, it's funny we put our published our midseason MVP awards. He was fourth on my ballot this year. Like he's playing at this incredible level, and and needs to be because as you mentioned, the Laker defense is awful. 
they're really not playing that well around him. Anthony Davis, the other star player there, is is out with a sprained knee, and he's had to carry this huge load. And he's he's he has been otherworldly, um, and I think that he's been better than Jordan was at this age. Because remember, Jordan came back and. Mm. We like to repress the wizard years and just not remember them. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. But, <laughs> um, but he, yeah, this was about the same age, and LeBron's just been—he's just such a physical marvel, and, and takes such good care of his body, and and he's been, like I said, he's just been unbelievable, and it's it's it it's it's frustrating, I think, for Laker fans uh, worldwide, which you know they're they're the biggest brand in the league, is this feels like they're wasting this year from him. Like this, he's playing so unbelievably well and they just, they've won a few in a row against at home against bad teams, but they've, you know, they got spanked by uh, a good team in Memphis last night. And I'm just, they're not that good. And it's a frustrating experience because LeBron is playing close to as well as he's ever played, if not Mm. as well as he's ever played. Yeah, you're right. It's sad. It does feel like a wasted season. <clears throat> uh, the the Grizzlies, they play the Warriors tonight, which will be an epic game. Yeah. Uh, really looking forward to seeing Clay back again, finding some more confidence. We'll, we'll get get you to finish on this, Kurt. With the with Clay back and the Warriors looking to kind of gear up and really charge through, I mean, I don't know if anyone would have expected them to have the shared best <clears throat> record in the league at this point no. with the Suns. Who do you think right now are the prohibited favorites to come out of the West and East, respectively? I'll throw you that one and see where you go. Uh, first off, I've got to say this. If, if you, I don't know if, if you can catch the game over there or catch the stream. Memphis has a player named John ja Morant yeah. who has become the most entertaining player in the league. He is just explosive and has a little Allen Iverson in his game. He's just fun to watch. So if you get the chance or see the highlights of him, uh, find it on YouTube. John ja Morant is just playing out of his mind this year. Um <clears throat> Right now, I would say Golden State. Like I just think, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I just think their ceiling. I like the Suns. Um, Utah is playing well, but you know Steph Curry's done this before. Clay Thompson's done this before. Like I know that they can perform in these moments. Their role players have stepped up. They're back to kind of playing like they did pre Kevin Durant. So I think that they're the favorite to come out of the West. I don't think it's easy. I think the Suns are right there. You know, Phoenix is right there. I, yeah, I think this is close. But I'd take Golden State Warriors right now out of the West and out of the East. Oh, good Lord, I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, You know, the funny thing is the two teams I think are the most dangerous just really haven't played great of late. And Milwaukee, who won the title last year, are kind of coasting through the regular season, waiting for the playoffs. And Brooklyn, like you said, is just getting... Kyrie Irving back and they don't they're still so talented the answer and they still you're got looking this, like, for yeah. is the Bulls <laughs> yeah no I, I you know I get a weird feeling that the Bulls are gonna they're gonna make the playoffs and make the series. I just think that sometimes you have to learn how to win I think that there's a little of that going on mm. um so we'll see what happens I I probably pick Milwaukee right now or Brooklyn if I had to pick someone but I I feel like the East is I mean Chicago could make it through the Bulls it's it's possible like it just feels way more open um, than than I expected. I, I thought that Brooklyn would run away with this, and they haven't. And I'm not I'm not totally sure yet. I, I I ultimately talent wins out, and Kevin Durant is still, for my money, the best basketball player walking the face of the earth. So I I hesitate to pick against Brooklyn, but uh, it's kind of them or, or Milwaukee in my mind. That is some world class 
fence sitting from you, Kurt. Unlike Trent on the text machine here, how can you sleep at night in capitals? Jordan is the goat. Stats don't tell the whole story. <laughs> Cheers from Trent. <laughs> Thanks, Trent. Appreciate your message. Kurt, appreciate your time. We'll have to catch up again. You're a jet, mate. We love it. Uh, anytime, Dan. Take care. Okay, there you go. Kurt Heelan out of NBC Sports. He's their basketball editor. Mitch, what have you done, oh. mate? What have you done? <laughs> I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what uh, stats do tell the whole story about. Russell West, Westbrook last night, 26 minutes, 6 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 12, <laughs> 12, sh- 12 shots, mate. 12 shots he made two from the field, okay? From the field, 16.7%. You know what? And he had two three shots and he made none of them. Did he hit the rim? I'm going to look. It's probably, there's a whole montage probably of Airballs. Mate. He is so far off. You hear LeBron, you hear Kurt talking about this LeBron season that's being wasted. Well, do you know why I have no sympathy for LeBron? It's because who's really the GM of the Lakers? LeBron. And who, what's he gone and done? Taking the worst contract in the Mm. league and put it on his roster and then going, I don't know why it's not working. You can't win with Russell Westbrook. No. Well, not doing the role that he's doing at the minute, anyway. So, yeah, but even then, if he's on your if he's on your um, books, he's taking up so much cap space, and yep. if he's not doing anything, then that's just it's just a it is a terminal contract. Oh yeah, you don't need to don't need to convince me, Lou. No, no, love it. All right, um, if you like Trent and you just want to spray Mitch for just some, oh, bl- hey, some I didn't say that he was the goat. I was just throwing it out there. Was... The, the question is incredulous. All right, <laughs> twenty-two minutes. <laughs> it was from... just a spark, everyone up, mate. <laughs> did you not watch? <laughs> did you not watch the Netflix series? But yeah, true, true, true. He's the goat. He is. The He's goat, the goat. Twenty-two minutes past seven. Nathan Lyon. Uh, 22 minutes past 7 o'clock yeah. <laughs> on SENZ Summer Breakfast. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 0800 150 the Kennard's Tire phone line. We're going to be back, and I've got a little story about a Luka Doncic secret Santa gift I once received. Yes, SCNZ. Mitch, what is the best Secret Santa present you've given? Or what's your latest Secret Santa present? Oh, my present latest you've... Secret Santa present? Um... Well, we just had the at, round at the Englands, um, my wife's family, and um, I ended up getting a baking paper cutter holder. So one of those... <laughs> baking, baking paper cutter holder? Yeah, I thought it was for Glad Wrap, but it wasn't. It was for, like, you know, oh, you mate, put the roller... We don't use Glad Wrap anymore, because we're trying to save the planet. Oh, come on, bro. You've got to keep your food fresh if you put a, something in the bowl, mate. Some like, nice kiwi dip over Christmas. Put the glad wrap. Nah, mate. Nah. <laughs> oh, no. Nah. Yeah, you, don't want to, you don't want to serve up the good old um, reduced cream onion soup uh, dip in, a, in like a stiff. container. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, yeah. you want it in a nice bowl. You know. Okay. So you've so, got a, a yeah, paper. Got a ba- uh, yeah, a baking paper cutter. Holder. Holder. Yeah, that's how I describe it. Okay, well, I probably... I actually ha- used it last night, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you can ask for. You. Do you know what? That is already blowing out 98% of Secret Santa gifts yeah. this year. Yeah, true, true, true. Because true. most of them just go straight out of the wrapping paper into the bin. It's terrible. Christmas is, Christmas is a blight on the environment. Yeah. Don't get me started on that one. So <laughs> it is. And Joe out the back, he loves gifts and he loves just stuff more than anyone. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not the rant I'm wanting to go down. I um Louis Herman Shaw. Oh <laughs> yeah, right. On the uh on the NBA situation, you, you mentioned Luka Doncic has come back from injury. Yeah. 
I played footy for the Uni Blues uh, AFL side here in Auckland with a guy called Dolly Parton. Um, his name is actually Stephen Parton, but we called him Dolly. He hmm. was from Australia, and he ended up uh, shacking up with this American bird from Dallas, Hannah. Hannah Sear, and she's just a, she's a ripper. She's a yeah. she oh she's brilliant fun, um, and she's a good bird. And, and one year, uh, d- Steve. Hannah, my partner Shannon and I did, we thought we'd do it. We were all in Auckland and away from our family, so we did a little secret Santa. So just around the table, you know, one person gets another person, you do a drawer out of the hat. Yeah. I just think I probably, I think it was like a $50 cap or, you know, it wasn't, it was unspoken, but we're not going silly. I think I probably got some like body wash or something, you know, just something yeah. that chicks, yeah, yeah. chicks love. Just chick, yeah, lush. Chicks, yeah, yeah, lush, yeah, your number yeah, one. Chick stuff, yeah. stuff that chicks love, like, yeah, like stuff. Yeah. And. And, and here I go, and I'm, I'm I'm getting mine, and I open it up, and it's fabric. And I'm like, oh sweet, I've got a I've got a jersey, and because she was from Dallas, and I loved my hoops, and it was the year Luca had been drafted, and he was already going to be generational. I used to just talk to her about. I was like, mate, this Luca Doncic, she had Dirk. Now we got Luca. Like, let's yeah. go Dallas. Let's go the Mavs. And yeah. and she liked the Mavs, and like her family were right into the Mavs, and so we used to sing the Hallelujah song together, and yeah. and and I hyped her up so much about it. And then I pull out, like, oh, this is, oh, she got me a Luka Doncic jersey. Oh, that's how, nice. how cool is this? And then she said, well, have you had a look at the number? And I look at the number, and in silver pen, it's um, been signed by Luka Doncic. And it turns out one of her parents knew one of the, through a friend of a friend, knew oh, one of the minority one of, stories. One of yep. the minority owners of the Mavs. Oh. And they got a jersey put in front, in front of Doncic. And, um, Do you buy that story? Or is, does Steve know that Hannah was probably seeing Luka Doncic at some point and he put her in his jersey? I just think she probably just signed it herself. <laughs> you reckon? She, no, she didn't, no. There's, a, there's a, a good photo to go with it and um, I, I, and then she shipped it back from the States. I've, I've had it framed up and that's my best secret Santa present I ever got, a signed Luka Doncic jersey from his rookie year. That's awesome. That's pretty cool, eh? That is wicked. That is wicked. I reckon there's maybe a little bit more to that story. But we'll, we won't air that on, on air for Steve. Dolly. Hey, old Dolly. <laughs> 28 and a half minutes to 8 o'clock. Best secret Santa present I ever got. What's yours? Double eight, double three. Send us a message. Do you buy the story? Uh, coming up to the news now with Trudy for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Yeah, ACNZ Summer Breakfast. We're 26 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Uh, Pam Gerard isn't far away talking some racing here this morning, Mitch. And after 8, your good mate Marty Guptill mm. on the show. He's got a bit of a calf niggle. We'll find out how he's going. And I'm sure he would have been a bit emotional yesterday watching Roscoe toss up. He, uh, sorry, he said he burgled one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would have. He's, he was not going to go lightly on Ross, I wouldn't have thought. That's been their whole relationship, just having digs at each other. What is Marty bowl? Ospin. Ospin, eh? Good Ospin, actually. actually. actually he actually has bowled. He actually bowls good Ospin. Good bounce. Tall. Tall, man. Yeah, I'll still take him down in the nets. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Hey, just in the news there, I heard something about Kai Carter France. Neeps, you're uh, into your UFC, aren't you? Yeah, massively, Louis, massively. What's the deal here? Is this actually a big deal? This is a huge, huge deal. So Kai Carter France has been asking for a title fight since before his last one because he 
thoroughly believes he should be there. So this is the number two rank in the division. So it's absolutely massive for him. So do you think wins this, gets a shot at the title? Absolutely. It's out of the question. If he wins this, he absolutely gets a shot. Because he's been he's fought Brandon Moreno, the current champion, before. He thinks he can beat him now. Um, and this fella here has drawn to Brandon Moreno as well. So it makes sense that if he wins it, he goes through. Bang, there you go. You into nice. the U- UFC at all, Mitch? I was having a, a chat to Neves before, actually. Um, we're talking about um, Blood Diamond. Yes. Yeah, and I, I was just, I needed to have a look. I, I've never seen him fired, so I've looked him up and said, geez, he looks like Israel Adesanya. Yeah. Um, and then Similar I realised I, I was I was looking at a picture of Israel Adesanya. <laughs> <laughs> so now I've found the right, but geez, he's stacked. Yeah. yeah, absolutely massive. If anyone knows his real name, because we can't find his real name. Can't find it anywhere on the is, UFC is Blood official. Is Diamond his real name? Could be. Like, Could be. On his passport. What's Imagine it? that. Yeah, but Blood, first name Blood, last name Diamond. No, that's definitely, so I assume he's an African fighter? Yeah, African fighter. He's from Nigeria. So what happened with that name is he was in a fight and he kind of mumbled his name to the commentators when they were trying to say it. And they thought he said Blood Diamond and that's just kind of stuck and he really liked it. Yeah, it's not a bad it's not a bad name. We just need his actual name. There you go. All right, thanks, Neep. So Kai Carter France is right in there looking like he's gonna get a shot at the title if he can knock this next guy off. I've been loving my UFC of late. It was a I really enjoyed twenty twenty one for UFC for me. I never really got into it, but I found myself on some Sundays just chucking it on. Yeah. Without the crowds? Did you find that a bit weird? Uh they came back this year. Yeah. But the you I at did. The start, at the yeah. start it, I did. Because I didn't like the noises, really. Just hearing the crack. I thought it was kind of interesting that you hearing could, the corners. Yeah, yeah, the corners and actually hearing the direct that that what I, I did like. But the, some of the cracking and the uh, I found that a bit. I got a bit queasy. Too much for you. Yeah, I was a I was a bit too novice into my UFC um, phase. Um, have you ever played it on PlayStation? I think I was ever fought. We can have a fight. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon, Neeps? He's, he's winning that uh, one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably different weight divisions at the moment, <laughs> champion. <laughs> I did. It would take two of you, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Who would win? Double A, double three, two Louis Herman Watts or one Mitch McLennigan? <laughs> Let us know. Probably one Mitch, to be honest. Uh, and just another story that I've just picked up here. Uh, Nick Kyrgios, outspoken always. And he has gone in on the Novak Djokovic situation again. He says, we know that the media likes to create bleep storms with my story and everything going on with Novak. I feel quite embarrassed as an Australian athlete who's seen this guy has done for us in the sport. I just don't think it's right in how we're handling it. But the media loves that. They love to divide. Well, I actually don't feel too bad at the moment taking all the necessary precautions. That's what we said about COVID. I don't know if this is about the media. I think this is probably more about federal government and taking long. I was just thinking, Mitch, that right now they are waiting to decide what they're going to do. The longer this takes, the messier the situation. I would have done it yesterday. I just would have said, nah, get out yesterday. I think mm. a clean cut is what's needed. Yeah. I, yeah, I wonder... I guess we don't see the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I guess they've got to cross their T's and dot their I's to make sure that legally they can do it They can just kick him out and there's going to be no recourse. So, uh, oh, yeah, I don't know, mate. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, but there's a reason they're obviously like having to delay it a little bit longer. Well, I wonder if it's anything to do with the political situation because I also read that Scott Morrison had been on the phone with the Serbian president and mm. they were very concerned about the treatment of oh. uh, Novak. And, and there are lots of Serbian people also in Australia, you've got to remember. There's a big population there. So 
It's probably like his dad said, uh, they'll just take the fight to the streets. <laughs> People, we've really kind of, we've really dropped a couple of levels, haven't we? Haven't we? Yeah. You know, like, we, why would you, like, that sort of rhetoric, isn't that just terrible? That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. What about this? What about this part of the press conference of the, what the family was saying? Okay, so uh, this press conference is adjourned at the moment. So they were asked, his family was asked if he was out in public with COVID, and they just promptly said, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, we don't want to answer that question. Crazy. You kind of answered it. Yeah, I think we all know what's going on here mm. on that front. Anyway, it is 20 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Pam Gerard, trainer with Ballymore. She's racing at Matamata today. She's got a couple of chances. Then this weekend, she's taking her nice ones, including Rockin' Horse, down to Trentham. Let's catch up with Pam after this. SNZ quarter to 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, hoping to track down Pam Gerard to talk some racing throughout the day. At Matamata today, there's a really impressive trial going on about 22 past one. Elephant, Imperatriz, Amaralina, Probabil. Yeah, it looks like there might be some really, really nice horses throughout the autumn in that trial. We might not be able to track down Pam right now. We'll just keep trying for a little bit and see yeah. what happens. Mitch, um, you were just saying you just you just came up found this absolute... <laughs> oh, I love this. You just On oh, Novak Djokovic and his Melbourne... Yeah. So he's, he's trained yesterday, and no cameras allowed, that kind of stuff. But the, the news channels have actually flown helicopters over, <laughs> over the Rod Lather um, just so they could uh, film his uh, practice. But the thing that caught my attention was uh, from an inside sir, uh, source from within Australia Tennis um, <laughs> who's working in the gym, <laughs> or it might have even been a player. Or that, it looks like it's someone who was working there. But Djokovic went into the gym beforehand, and this source told Ben Rothenberg, uh, who's who's obviously running the story or following the story of this, that Djokovic came into the gym before his hit. Uh, before his hit. The place went silent with everyone staring at him. Talk about uncomfortable. <laughs> so you just think, well, I'm trying to imagine this. So he's come in, everyone would look. Everyone's just stared at him and just gone quiet. How weird's that? Well, he's kind of like, he's almost becoming a bit of like a mythical kind of villain. Isn't he? Like... Voldemort? Voldemort. Oh, you're going that far. Well, you know, like it's that almost far. like Novak. Like it's no, almost Novak. like Novak. Like Novak. it's like Novak. It, which is yeah. remember at the start of the week when I said, Do you know the most insane thing for me is this guy's like a goat. He is like a Kelly Slater, a Tiger Woods, a Serena Williams, a Tom Brady, a Michael Jordan. Like he is that echelon of greatness. And yet he is now I'm calling him a mythical villain. Mythical villain. I, I wanna know if he does play. The first person who plays them, are they going to shake hands? Well, he's already had COVID, oh. we think. So he, it's not like he's contagious. Mm. You know, there's some, you, you don't mind a conspiracy, do you? Uh, being partial to one? There's some, there was one, so the same guy, Ben Rothenberg. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you saw this. In the affidavit that Novak put forward, they had the document of his um, positive test. Yeah. And on that was a QR code. Oh. And you could scan it from your phone and it took you to his um took you to the link where it said he got positive. Yeah. Although half the time you did it, it said negative. 
So there's a conspiracy going around really? that it was a forged, the whole thing was forged and they just couldn't quite well, perfect. We spoke. I spoke about this on Saturday, I think, or we might have spoke about it at the start of the week, that there's a doctor out there who will prescribe yeah, whatever yeah, you want yeah. at any point in time. Yeah, so they're, they're trying to say that maybe, and so that that's why then you add that in with him being around the kids and stuff. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe he didn't really care because he actually didn't, didn't have, have COVID, COVID and he hasn't had COVID. Well, he had it at the start of last year, but he Could you imagine had... if he actually is double jabbed and he's just doing this to be a, a genuine pest? <laughs> just to be a genuine pest. Uh, or, even worse, he somehow wins this he's whole thing. He's had his thing. booster. <laughs> <laughs> he got it in Australia. Yeah. And the cameras didn't find him doing it. But what if, but what if, what if he actually wins this and he's there and then he picks up COVID because he wasn't he actually hit it. And then he derails the whole tournament. Oh, <laughs> that's mate. like the worst case scenario. Oh. And he's forged some like, and you know, uh, uh, that's conspiracy. That was on, Ben Rothenberg had a, had a Twitter, um, he's a he's a real sharp tennis journal. Mm. He had a Twitter uh, thread about it. And he's like, here's the screenshot of me scanning at this time. And it says that he was positive. Here's me scanning the exact same thing this time. And it says he was negative. Like, this is a weird glitch. I don't know. I'm not. He's, he kind of wasn't drawing any conclusions. He's just saying this is what it was. But you know, there's a there's too Crazy. much weird stuff. That's so strange. Could you imagine if he did catch COVID and it was off Craig Tilly, the tennis Australian or, the well, CEO? Well, you know, I don't, you you have mates in Melbourne. It's pretty rampant yeah, at the moment. Yeah, Actually, yeah. All, all through Australia. Well, Munnis has got it. So for the big bash, so him and his family have got it. Yeah, that's right. You said that yesterday. So is he? Yeah. How's he doing? Yeah, he said he's fine. Yeah, he said no dramas. Uh, Mum hasn't got it. Teray hasn't got it yet. Um, but the two, him and the two kids do. So, yeah, he said they're just chilling. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose yeah. you're stand down for yeah, a week or so. stand down. So they're just stuck. It's just a matter. It's just reckons a matter of time until wife gets it. But yeah, so he said it's not too bad. And a lot of guys have kind of said that. But I guess that's the protection that people have put in place. But yeah, it's a bit weird. It sounds like everyone. Will over there is going to get it, isn't it? Yeah, but, well, Novak, he's, he's he's a fit, healthy guy. He yeah. believes in his, you know, his different sort of medicines. He's double-vaxxed and boosted, so... <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> isn't he? Isn't he? Oh, that would be the all-time, like, Mate, absolute troll. That would be iconic. I hope he is. How funny would that be? That'd be so good. It'd be terrible. That'd the be reasons, so all, all of the time we've wasted talking about it, and he's actually double-vaxxed and boosted. <laughs> Maybe he just wanted to push his t- price out on the TAB. He's With, trying to drift yeah, himself. Yeah, drift himself. <laughs> Serbian president's on the punt. Yeah. Okay, he's on the punt. He said, mate, I'm not getting good enough odds, Novak. Okay? <laughs> Craziness. Uh, Novak Djokovic, 0800 Give us a call on the Kenartai phone line. What's your best Novak Djokovic theory at this stage? Look, Nick Kyrgios is disgusted with the way they are treating him. I, you know, look, I actually, I've been pretty harsh throughout the COVID thing on people that aren't vaccinated where they probably just could have been. Because, you know, I think it's just a something you can do and, and if you want your life to carry on. But I do, I'm starting to kind of hear, hear the other side of, you know, it is your choice. I'm starting to come around a little bit more about that. But so for him just to have not been vaccinated and to turn up in Australia and um, to be kept in a detention hotel because it doesn't really sound like, I know we spoke about- He wasn't in a detention hotel, I'll clarify that. He was at the Crown Plaza. So a five-star hotel for that period. Really? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh, because what that? So they're printing that he was in nah. some like dodgy. Uh... Nah, 
No, he's in the Crown Plaza. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Stuff Which is amazing. So he's actually just having a punt. Yeah, he's having a great time. He's just down. He's probably got a <laughs> private table. He's probably got a yeah. private uh, yeah. cards dealer. I was going to yeah. say dealer, but that's the uh, clarify. Yeah, no, Crown Plaza. Yeah, beautiful. That's where we were for the World Cup final. Yeah. yeah it's a nice. Great spot. Great oh, spot. There you go. World yeah. Cup final. And then. Yeah. And then lost. Ah, but that's uh, the memories. Anyway. Yeah. Novak Djokovic, what's your best theory? Double eight, double three, or eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Just before we shoot off here, Mitch, there's a great text from Kimberley that came through in the last hour on Bangladesh. So yesterday, one of the great days of Test cricket. Oh, actually, this Test match for the Black Caps, one of the great Tests. We had Bolty three hundred, Tom Latham two fifty plus six catches. Roscoe took a wicket, and it was his last time. Devon Conway turned up. Morning, guys. I had a huge think about the next Test cricket World Cup last night. Bangladesh and no shabby outfit. When I contemplated every other team came to the conclusion that the probability of Bangladesh being near the top of the rankings is a very reasonable prospect. That's from Kimberley. Uh, yeah, getting a touch, touch excited this this early in the thing. that They're still below New Zealand on the table. Um, yeah, they play South Africa next in South Africa at the end of March, start of April. So I guess we'll know a little bit more then. Um, but as, as you said, if they can somehow steal... Steal another Test Series draw over there, I think they'll find it harder over there because very much like Australia, South Africa's wickets crack up. And so they one one will go through through your head and one will go low. And they've got a, a quicker bowling attack than us. Um, so there's... Particularly if they get Unrak Nokia back, then you've got Rabada. Um, Jensen looks nice. Lingidi... Um, so, yeah, I think they'll struggle there, to be fair. But, yeah, a good point. Um, they could be, particularly if they pick up another draw. Appreciate your message, Kimberly. How do you rate this Tech Series draw? Where are you at with it? I'm, I'm still kind of pondering how, how I feel about it. I mean, this one of the great tests, as I say, but the Tech Series as a whole, probably a tad disappointing. Six minutes to 8 o'clock, back after this to wrap up there. Yeah, listen to SCNZ. Coming up to 8 o'clock, after 8 o'clock, Martin Guptill, you'd have some great guppy stories, wouldn't you, Mitch? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have good, good fun. I mean, up, yeah, back in the day. So, yeah, hits a big ball. That's a huge ball, mate. That's a huge ball. Put a few balls from the from Cornwall into the hospital. Yeah, yeah, nice. That's yeah, that's one of the things when you go to Cornwall Park, eh? You want to put you want to put one in the hospital. Which sounds yeah. terrible, but <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him do it as well. Yeah, it's Jeez, a he's impressive, huge eh? ball and bowls some tidy off. That one, he, yeah, that one he put on the roof at Eden Park off Kane Richardson. I didn't even think that was possible. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, two three seven was it in the World Cup? Two three seven against the West Indies. One of the best sporting things I've ever seen. Incredible bloke yeah. coming up after eight o'clock, talking his injury, his calf injury, and much more. News is next with Kubota. At Chemist Warehouse at this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110 mil for just $34.99. Baz and Izzy, we might be at the beach, but the show goes on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. SNZ Summer Breakfast. Baz and Izzy might be at the beach. Well, Baz might be today because the Black Caps wrapped things up yesterday at Hagley Oval. 
Not promptly, I wouldn't say, but in due course, and it was nice for the game to end, the match to end and the test series to end. At the end of the day, as the light was fading there with Ross Taylor taking the last wicket. Mitch McLennigan, Louis Herman Watt here through till 10 o'clock. Mate, yesterday we were thinking done by lunch. They'd be loving it, the Black Caps bowlers in and out. But I don't know if you saw much of it. Uh, Das played one of the best innings I've seen in a long time. Stylish. Both sides of the wicket took on Wagner, was pulling him, was cutting anything that mm. didn't jump, and he was and he played one of the best on drives I think I've seen this summer and it was just yeah, it was a pleasure yeah, to watch. Can play. Can play. Um gutsy as well. Yeah. They threw everything at him. Tough conditions as well. Got hit on the hand, had a sore finger, Wags yeah. was getting stuck into him, a bit of verbal. Oh. That's it, not like Wags. No. But Das just stood there, as you said, gutsy, and um, he played awesome. So Bangladesh showed a bit of resistance. I think we all got to be impressed with what they offered this series. And as the light faded, Tom Latham said that there was only one thing they could do, and that was bowl spin. So they went to their <laughs> go-to spinner. No, Ross Taylor. The crowd wanted it, and that's what they got. The crowd got Ross Taylor a last over and a last wicket that no one will be forgetting in a hurry. But, yeah, a little interesting point here from Tom Latham. Have a listen to this. I, uh, I was getting more. Uh, I probably haven't felt that pressure from the crowd, but also also the boys as well to, to bowl. But uh, the umpires played their part as well. It was, it was actually very dark out there. So um, I said we can't bowl. Bowl, uh, bowl seamers, and I guess that left uh, one decision to, to bowl Ross, and, and I guess the way it worked out, uh, couldn't be scripted any better. So I don't know if it wasn't Ross, I don't know who was going to take the wicket, but he did it, so it didn't matter, and his last test match, a fairy tale ending to a fairy tale career, a career that's been a pleasure to watch. One of his good friends, a black cap himself, with some incredible memories alongside Roscoe is Martin Guptill. Martin's with us on the line this morning. G'day, Guppy, how you doing, man? Hey, good, mate, and yourself? Yeah, loving it. Good. How's uh, how's baby this morning? I, I see you're stuck in Auckland while Laura and Harley are down living it up at Ross's well <laughs> at Ross's last game. Yeah, we're uh, we've had a bit of uh, a bit of boy time. Um, you know, since Teddy's been born, actually, I haven't um, you know had that much time alone with him. So, the last few days have been quite nice. Just the two of us, and um, yeah, just getting a bit of bonding time. So that's how Laura sold sold the trip away, the girls' trip away to you, was it? That you needed some time with Teddy? <laughs> no, well, I also have uh, had to get a bit of um, rehab and stuff done as well. So mm. it was a bit hard for me to get away. So um, you know, the rehab came uh, was the priority, and then obviously spending a bit of time with Teddy as well was an added bonus. How is the rehab coming along? Your calf, the early prognosis was it might be a longer period of time. Um, it's coming along nicely now? Yeah, it's coming along really nicely. Um, what is it now? It's nine days since I, um, since, I've, since I had the injury. So yesterday I had been my first week jog around the outfield Eden Park and that, that went really well and I had no feeling. So it's all positive signs at the moment. Beautiful. And on that, like uh, Auckland uh, playing at Eden Park, uh, played at Eden Park the other day. What was your take on, on how, how they went against ND? Uh, uh, a very strong ND side uh, from all accounts as well. Yeah, it was a very strong side. Um, I think, uh, if, well, I'm not sure, I haven't spoken to many of the guys at all, but I'm sure they, they know what the problem was. And that was just we didn't get enough runs. And that's been a common theme this season so far. We've been right in a couple of games, but. Um, you know, the guys just get out there today, you know, another four-trophy game and, and a couple of partnerships together to be able to put on a, either chase or set up a, a big total for the, 
for them to chase down. Hey, Gup, um, let's get to it, mate. You've bowled a pretty bit of tidy off-spin in your, in your career, and, and you know what it's like. I mean, watching Ross Burgle one there, what were the emotions for you? Could you believe it? Could you actually believe it that Tommy chucked him the ball? When you say tidy off-spin for me, I think you've been a bit generous there, to be honest. It's, um, I wouldn't have called my off-spin tidy. It's um, you know, pretty nude and, and, and pretty, uh, let's just chuck it up. But sort of, Tommy you know, didn't have much of a choice. His hand was a bit forced. Um, so it was either you know, give the ball to Roscoe, or I, I say the next option would have been Henry Nichols, um, who uh, to throw some off-spin down there. So, um, and I guess being Ross's last test match, it was sort of, you know, a bit of crowd pressure as well to bowl Roscoe, and you know, he did the job. I, I, I sort of think that his first couple of balls, he would have been a bit nervous and just tried to get it down there. And then, um, from what I heard, that Saudi was giving him a bit of stick, saying, you know, give it a bit of year, and it didn't. <laughs> shock, you know, next shock. Next you know, he's got to work it. Yeah. <laughs> shock, Saudi's no, getting stuck there, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? You know, I would never have thought of him. So, uh, <laughs> at my end, I mean, the ball went up, and I. I sort of just started laughing, and then um, <laughs> you know, after that, I'd be lying. I'd be lying if I didn't say it was a wee, a wee tear in the eye because you know the end of a what's been a magical career for Roscoe. Um, you know he's been a staple on that Test side for was it 14 years uh, since yeah. he made his debut. So it's been a long time, and you know the you know when you see the next team sheet and there's going to be no you know Ross Taylor on that on that lineup, you know it's going to be different and it's going to be a little bit emotional. Yeah, true. Gut, uh, what is your best memory of Ross Taylor? Um, probably at my wedding, to be honest, um, off the field. Good. <laughs> uh, he was my best man, and um, yeah, no, he's uh, he went up to do his best man speak. You know, Roscoe's probably not the uh, not the you hear probably say it himself. He's not the most confident public speaker, and scaled a, a a glass of champagne, and then got up to the to lectern to to speak, and he had a wee bit of gas problem uh, <laughs> before he started talking. So. Um, no, it was quite a quite. Um, on the field, there's so many different memories. I mean, um, there's been so many games that we've played together, so many magical partnerships. Um, you know, I think he's been at the middle for most of my one day hundreds um, when I brought them up. So every time he's been there with me, he's been pretty special. Hmm. And uh, looking forward to the series in Australia. Um, hopefully, you're on the plane. Um, I'd say either you or Mitchell end up captaining that side um, in Australia. Uh, are you confident that you can go over there with a young squad uh, and compete against the Aussies in their own conditions? Um, and is there anyone that you have seen in domestic cricket so far throughout the Super Smash that you think should be on that plane? Yeah, it's certainly going to be uh, a very different looking side. Um, obviously, without our test players, you know, the batting is going to be, um, I guess you could say, relatively light on experience um, with just Roscoe and I, um, you know, I guess the mainstays, you could say, and then. Um, you know, there's a few guys that have scored, been scoring a few runs this season. I mean, um, you've got the exciting finale in Wellington, obviously. Um, uh, there's a few other guys that put a hand up. I think, I think Dane Cleaver's been scoring some, some good runs for CD as well um, near the top of the order. So, well, there's guys that have put a hand up and, you know, it's going to be tough over there. But um, I, I'm not sure what the Australian team's going to look like. I mean, they're coming off the back of a five-match Ashes series. So, you know, maybe their big one balls will be playing. Um, which may make it a little bit, a uh, little bit easier, easier on us. But um, yeah, we won't know until we get over there and, and um, you know see what our squad is and see what their squad is.
Hey, Marty, you, you've been playing white ball cricket predominantly for New Zealand the last wee bit. Do you think this is where it's going to go? Just with, I mean, no one really knows what's happening with COVID, but with workloads and all that sort of thing, can you see this happening more often where a, a test side and a one day and a white ball side actually does look quite considerably different for uh, the top line of a country? Potentially. Uh, I think it all depends on MIQ and that sort of thing. And if, if we have to keep doing it, um, I think that's one of the main reasons that. Um, uh, there's going to be a one-day side going to Aussie because of the MIQ coming back and the crossover with the chess guys and the, the chess against South Africa. So I think that was the main reason for it. And, you know, if it keeps happening that way, you know, we could see split sides, but we're not going to know until, um, you know, we see what happens with the MIQ status. Yeah, that's true. Um, we've got an interesting text here, which you'll just have a little chuckle of it, because in my mind it um, relates to Ross Taylor as well. Um, Kira Kazis, uh, we've got bigger problems in Melbourne than Novak COVID, Novak's COVID situation. COVID means that KFC has run out of chicken due to supply chain issues. If that was in New Zealand and Roscoe had his last test and couldn't go to KFC, I think uh, all hell would break loose, wouldn't it? <laughs> There was, uh, you know, I, I saw a couple of photos in the changing room last night, and there were a fair few buckets on the floor. Of the room that the guys would be stuck, getting stuck into. So, Good. Um, yeah, but uh, no, I uh, actually looked at it last night. I actually got some KFC for dinner myself, just to, as a bit of a tribute to Roscoe um, for his last test match. I never thought about it, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. A little nice glass of red to wash it down. A nice glass of red to wash it down as well. Guppy's a rum man. Oh, rum. He's a rum man. Well, I'll get into the red a little bit. Um, but uh, no, I just, yeah, drinking on your own is never that much fun, is it? Oh, you, well, it depends. Yeah, you got, <laughs> yeah probably. <laughs> it's, if, you, if you're playing Warzone at the same time, Guppy, it, it can be quite enjoyable. <laughs> wow. It depends how, depends, you know, how you're going on it, to be honest, Mitchie. You, you know, I'm not good on that, so... Uh, the abusive words start coming out. You love it, mate. You love it. Hey, mate, um, awesome to talk to you. I hope the rehab goes continues to go really well. I think it's going to be a massive inclusion if you're on that plane to Australia to help these young guys uh, compete against the best in the world. So uh, keep going well, mate, and I uh, hope you enjoy that ball time with Teddy. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Gup. There you go. Martin Gup uh, doing a bit of parenting. That is multitasking. Hey, yeah, I know. Teddy mm. in the background. How's he, how's he uh, got him to chill out? Dunno. Unbelievable stuff. Mate, but you can get some tips. Hey, I do. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you need to get back on the phone at the break to oh, Gup yeah. and try, try and get a couple of tips. How, how good was Laura, though, selling selling the promise that uh, you need some time with Teddy? Yeah, I know. No, Gup's um, obviously super important for him to get back on the field. He wants desperately to go on that tour to Australia with Roscoe so um, you know it's important that um, he's there jeez well when you put it actually that's a good point look there's a couple of things at play here A Laura has 100% sold the dream yeah. so, so let's get that clarified <laughs> <Hasn't> <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a, tr- a girls weekend down at Christchurch and no of course B um Need him on the field because mm. leadership and yeah. obviously just the way he can take a game away in Australia yeah. on bouncy wickets. I mean, we watched Baz over there in the Big Bash for years and, and guys like Colin Munro, top of the order explosive batsman in Australia. Yeah. Crucial. 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 So you need him there on the field if we want to contend. Third thing is for him, I mean, his, he's the best man. At, Ross was the best man at his wedding. Yeah. Uh, he's not on the test side. He wasn't around the side. He's playing domestic cricket. He's obviously talking to Ross, and I'm sure he's communicating, you know, how 
Proudies and all that sort of stuff. But one last jaunt, you know, with trip away with the lads. Yeah. That, that's exactly. Probably it won't be the, the same doing it at home, you know, when he finishes up in Hamilton. You know, you want to go on that away trip, get on the plane. Yeah. And, and really for Gup, I mean, you know, they've been together for so long. He will be Ross and it would be, you know, there'll be a lot of young guys out there that hadn't probably played with Ross on that tour. Plenty, so, yeah. So for, for Ross, I'm sure he's probably saying, just get your calf right, mate. Come on. 100%, get, mate. Get, get your calf right. Mitch, you, um, you're pretty plugged into the domestic scene, played it in recent years. Mm. You know these guys. What do you think this ODI squad, this o, the best ODI side to play without the Test players would be? Do you think we could have a crack at trying to cobble one together? Or is it a big job? No, nah, let's give it a crack. So top of the order, Gup and Finn? Yeah, let's start with Gup and Finn. I, I, let's, it's going to be Gup and Finn... Unless they want to play Cypher there, they, they've just got to figure out where Cypher's going to play in that lineup. Okay, so, so sh- let's just put bat- let's put batsman. Let's let's okay. Let's go. Names in. Oh yeah, so we go batsman. I think they'll go. They'll go Gup. Let's just or we can go down the list and we can put Cypher in there at some point. Sure. Go Gup and Finn um, to open. They'll put Mark Chapman at three. Uh, Glenn Phillips has been batting four, but I think you probably prefer him at say five. I think they might put like a a Cole McConchie. At four, right from Canterbury, um, just to have another spin option in the middle, um, or they could go with the Dane Cleaver if they want him to play with Cyford. So uh, five will be Glenn Phillips, six will be Jimmy Neesham, uh, seven will be Cyford. either Cyford um, or Cleaver, uh, eight will be Mitch Satner, nine yep. will be Ish Sodi. Uh, Two spin, dual spin. Yeah, I I think they will with the inexperienced side. Maybe not in maybe not in Perth. They might just play Mitch Satner um, and use McConchie. So McConchie plays if they pay just the one spinner. Um, Rutchins in the Test side, so he'll be back here. Um, and then so let's say East doesn't play that game. They'll go. They'll take Hamish Bennett for experience. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Lockie Ferguson will be there. And that last spot will either be out of. Oh, I, is I Milne injured at the moment? Milne's injured at the minute, so I don't know if he's back. But I guess if Milne was there, he's definitely playing the T20 because uh, there's one T20 at the end. Um, so it's either out of Bracewell or they might even just keep going with. Uh, who's the. The seamer, oh, it's just names just gone out of my head. Um, Which right team? arm seamer, Wellington. Sears, um, no. Sears, yeah, Ben, ben Sears. Sears, Ben Sears, yeah, Ben Sears. Um, in those conditions, so I think their bowlers they'll take. They'll take Hamish Bennett. They'll take Tickner. They'll take Bracewell as backup all rounder for Jimmy Neesham. They'll take um, Ben Sears and Lockie Ferguson. Tickner or is? They'll, yeah, they'll well, yeah, they'll take five, six, five bowlers, two all rounders. We'll get the we'll get the whole list together. Yeah, if anyone sees anyone around the traps that they would want to add to that, um, we'll get the list of what our best eleven would be and who's going to be in that squad. And do they take more than fifteen over with what's happening with COVID? Well, I'll read you the list right now. So have a listen and then let me know who we've missed out, and we'll try cobble it down because this is going to be extremely experimental. It's going mm. to be one of the strangest black cap sides we would have seen fielded in forever, really. Guppy, Finn Allen, Mark Chapman. Cole McConchie, 
Glenn Phillips, Jimmy Neesham, Seifert, Dane Cleaver, Mitch Santner, Ish Sodi, Hamish Bennett, Lockie Ferguson, Dougie Bracewell, Ben Sears, Tickner. And Ooh. that is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So we've hit 15 So that's 15, there. yeah. So there's probably another batsman to be added to that squad and a bowler to miss out. Who would it be? People that are plugged into the domestic cricket scene, and it's been really enjoyable this year to watch um, the, the Super Smash when it's been on tally or whether you've got Spark Sport or whether you're just watching along with the Ford Trophy that we don't get screened but you can watch it on the New Zealand Cricket website. Let us know. Um, I can see Mitch is just thinking about how much time he's got to get fit. You're like trying, to run, you're trying to run the math, no. mate. You're like... No chance. No chance. <laughs> dormant. No, dormant. <laughs> dormant. 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 Why would I want to go to Melbourne when there's no KFC? Great point. Thanks for your message, Grant. Keep your texts coming in. Double eight, double three. Or Kennard's higher phone line, 0800 Great to catch up with Martin Guptill. If you missed that chat, talking about his great mate, Ross Taylor, as well as his calf injury, head to the Baz and Izzy for Breakfast podcast channels. We're going to be back after this. And I actually think... We're going to continue to talk about the side we've just put together, but there's a couple of a couple of uh, talking points I want to get to, and one is fairy tale finishes because what Ross Taylor did last night, ah, uh, you can't script that sort of thing. Twenty minutes past eight here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. That's the Kennard Tire phone line. Give us a call. Let us know where we're going right or wrong with this ODI side that's going to take on the Aussies. In Australia, uh, Mitch. We made a massive boo-boo, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> a huge oversight. Huge. That a text We're already up. planning for time without Roscoe. We've just spoken that Roscoe's going on his tour. We left him out. So so we have to drop someone. Imagine that his last tour, just carrying the drinks. No, don't say that. Hey? It's not going to happen. Uh, but someone texted and said, guys, you didn't have Taylor on the team. Mitch and I both individually came to that conclusion at about three minutes after we both <laughs> went, oh, you know what? Yeah. Uh, but thanks for your text there. And there are another couple of messages. Um, my starting team in Oz in the ODIs, Guptill, Allen, Seifert, Taylor, Phillips, Nisham, Bracewell, Santner, giving Bracewell the start, interesting, as well as Jimmy Nisham. Sodi, Ferguson, and Sears. That's from Jason. What do you think of that, Mitch? Definitely helps having someone towards the top of the order who can keep. Um, so I guess if Guptill's not there, then either Cleaver, Cleaver or Seifert will open. I've kind of gone, narrowed it down here, Louis. Uh, Guptill will open with Finn. New Zealand cricket love Mark Chapman, and in the last series against India, they in the T20s at least, they promoted him to number three. I know T20s different than one day is, but I think that's where he will bat if he plays in this competition. Rightly or wrongly, he's been batting at number three for Auckland. Um, I believe he's far better down towards your five. Um, he's a capable player of spin and can finish the in- innings really well. Um, I think he's wasted a bit at the top. But they'll go Chapman at three, Taylor will bat four, Glenn Phillips at five. Again, another good opening option, top three option, but they'll bat him at five. That's where they see him um, in their team. Nisham at six. I've gone Cleaver at seven. Um, I just think his form, um, now's now's the time to pick someone who's in good form to, to make their debut. Keeping? He will keep. He will keep. I know I'm not super confident about him being the gloveman, but... Um, and nor am I in terms of, I think he's probably on par with Seifert, but I think Cleaver's in better form. So you think you're right. So you, 
because Tim Seifert, he, he might not have played, well, he's played a few games, but he has been around the Black Caps a lot, and in an experienced side, you wouldn't want him behind the stumps? I think if Guptill and, and Chapman, uh, sorry, Guptill and Taylor play with Neesham there at six, and Glenn's played enough games now, um, I think that's enough to be able to put someone like a cleaver there. And I don't know, I, I'm a big man, a big believer of picking. If you are going to introduce someone into a side, pick them when they're in form. Love it, love yeah, that. Yeah, Michael Bates is probably the best example I can make, remember. They picked him a year too late when he was the best death bowler in the country um, by a long way and they picked them 15 months after and they'd missed their window of opportunity to get the best out of Michael Bates so uh, Satner at 8 um, Bracewell at 9 just because it's more of a test format offers a bit more of the bat we've got a good batting, batting line up deep there. we're there, batting yeah. real deep yeah. so I mean you could actually you could drop out a Chapman and play a Cleaver or Seifert a little bit earlier um, a little bit higher um, and then Ferguson at ten, and the eleventh spot. I I just don't know, mate. I don't know who's gonna who's gonna play eleven. I think in that bowling lineup, um, with the uh, Tickner's death bowling the other night at Pukki Park against Michael Bracewell's was exceptional. It's always been his weakness. I know Rob Walters will be trying to get him to become a good death bowler and working really hard on that. Um, so it looked like he'd improved, but out of that setup. I know that sometimes they use Nisham as that death bowler, but I think they'll play Bennett if he's on that tour purely because he can bowl at the death. Rightly or wrongly, what you want to take out of it, I think he's the best best, uh, best death bowler out of Bennett, Sears, and Tickner. Yeah, and again, a guy who's he's a real he's a mature he's an adult. Yeah, Amy's exactly. A, he's an adult in the room. He he is a not that the other guys aren't, but he's a cool head, and he and he's exactly. I, and I'd love to see him get another shirt, another shot. Personally, hmm. I think that he's be... had opportunities over the last couple of years. Um, yeah, yeah, particularly yeah. in the T20s, he didn't Definitely. take them um, as well as he he would have liked, I'm sure. Um, but he's just been in form in domestic cricket, so you still got to reward someone who's been in good form. Um, and if Sears plays, um, it'll be when Ferguson gets rested. Cool. There's a message here from Upper Ahama, Morena men. Did you have Roscoe on your squad? Yeah, well, we do now. Um, how about Matt Henry? What he's up to? Yeah. Well, he'll probably he'll be, be stay behind as the backup bowler, won't he? I would for say for the so, test series. I would be almost certain of that. And yeah. especially, you think we'll produce more green wickets after what we saw in the Bay? Yeah, so, yeah exactly. So I think he'll stay here. Yeah, exactly, Louis. He'll stay here as that backup because they can't. They've still got to keep people here. Someone like a Southie or a, a Jameson gets injured. I mean, it'd be great for Matt Henry to go over because he plays. You know, like he'll play and get get to play some cricket, but let's give it to summer where Matt Henry again doesn't play Is there a, bit a lot of, of cricket. What you were just saying about uh, Bates, there's a bit of that with poor Matt Henry. He's always been in the squads, but some of his best years when he was tearing up the county scene and just yep. and he was in the most unbelievable Red Bull form yep. has just never been able to... We saw every time Southey was injured when Matt Henry came in, he just dominated, didn't he? And he's been... Yeah. And, you know, that's not, that's not even necessarily wrong, which is the hard thing about sports sometimes. It's mm. just the way it is and timing's don't work out. All right, that's awesome, Mitch. Keep your messages coming through. Uh, what did you think of that lineup? Just give us your lineup one more time. Read it out. So, Guptill, Finn, Chapman batting at three, Taylor four, Phillips five, Nisham, Cleaver at seven. Cleaver or Seifert, either or, depending who's in good form. Seifert should do better in Australia with the extra bounce square of the wicket player. Uh, Mitchell Satner at eight, 
Bracewell at nine, Ferguson ten, and either uh, I'll probably putting Ben Bennett at eleven or Sears and Tickner are the other ones who will be on that tour. Double eight, double three, or even better, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Kennard Tire phone line. What do you make of that? Who's unlucky? Who would you be promoting? You've been watching mm. a lot of domestic cricket this summer. I know you have, and we've been talking about it a lot here at SCNZ. So let us know. It's twenty eight minutes away from nine o'clock. Ben Kennings before the end of the hour. News now with Trudy for Kubota. SENZ Summer Breakfast, we're 26 minutes away from 9 o'clock and just got a couple of mouthfuls of McCafe coffee in me and gee whiz, doesn't it make the world a difference at this time of the morning? Happy New Year to you. I've always wondered how long and what the threshold is when you say that. I don't think anybody knows, but I'll keep saying it, maybe until Baz and Izzy get back later on this month. I think they're back this month. I hope so. Missing the guys, but Mitch McLennigan in studio with me, having a lot of fun. Here's a good text, Mitch. From six foot under to six foot on top, levelled out. South Africa, our guideline. Insane Kane be back. I don't know if Kane Williamson will be back. I don't will think he back. will be, no. No, I th- don't think he will be. You're right. But I think what I do know is that Insane Kane is a great nickname. <laughs> Insane in the cane brain. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. That's quite good because he yeah. is, is he's a, a batting machine. You know, one thing I have noticed, especially when they were putting up all those stats because Tom Latham was on 260-odd, 250-odd, one thing you do realise is that Kane's average and Kane's batting statistics are so far head and shoulders. They're un-New Zealand-like. Yeah, well, they're legend, legend status, aren't they? Truly. They are truly legend status, and um, so that's that's cool. And just sw- uh, yeah, just legend status, and and not New Zealand like. Oh. Well, no, I mean, well, like it's just different because we don't play that many tests. Yeah, I also noticed that on one of those ranking situations that um, Joe Root had played ninety tests since twenty fifteen. Hmm. Kane had played forty eight, I think. Oh, could you imagine if he played that many tests? Well, his I elbow mean, would be cooked. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Just be a white ball specialist. Yeah, he'd be yeah, because he's you know he's got to go to the IPL. Yeah. No one, no one blames him for it. But Fair enough. Yeah, when you're on that. Now speaking of IPL cash, and you said Bears knows yeah. about IPL cash. You know Two who? And a half, you know really? who else knows about IPL cash? Who's that, mate? Kane. Kane. On that. Kane top, and KJ. Eh? <laughs> because Bears told us, explained to us how the retainers work yeah, in the different he's top, brackets. He's, top, he's top. the top top bracket of yeah, the retainer. Two point four million or something like that. Proper cash. Yeah. So good on him. Uh, and just swap your number three out for Monroe while he's over there. Bring back. The bomber, Harrison. Harrison. Harrison, mate, you need to go and sit down and have a coffee with Gary Stead. Okay, that's the only way we're going to get that across the line. I 100% agree with you, but you need to go have a word to Gary Stead because uh, otherwise that's that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, Do you think um, – so Gavin Larson, the selector of the Black Caps, mm. he, he travels around and he watches probably more mm. domestic cricket than anyone you have to assume. Mm. Uh, so he knows where he knows where I, he will be the guy who will probably will be more influential than well he'll be right there no he'll be right there when it comes to selecting the side and it's important to note that as a selector he will be watching Colin Munro as well I don't know does he have Sky hard to know hard to know I yeah I think I think uh, I don't think they'll be paying any attention to him to be honest um, I I I, dis, I see this I see this one off T Twenty game in Australia as a really, really good opportunity to reintroduce Colin Munro into the T20 setup. 
before Australia. We've just seen two great seasons. BBL Team of the Year last year. He's been in the Team of the Year in the PSL for the last two years. He's been in the Team of the Year for the CPL three three years running before this year. Like he is one of the world's best T20 players in all comps. And this year he's been phenomenal. He'll he'll make the BBL Team of the Year this year as well. So they've got to open the door back up for Munro uh, going into next year's World Cup. So this is the only opportunity because they can say, oh, our test players are, are back in New Zealand. Like we wanted a little bit of experience, someone who's got some experience in these conditions. So this is their one opportunity to reopen that door. Will it happen? I I tend to think it won't. I think it's, it's going to have to be from someone else who's going to have to uh, persuade them to re-include him and say that we desperately need him for that T20 World Cup next year. Steve, hey guys, what do you think about Colin Munro and the team of the most informed New Zealand batsman in Australia or his days with New Zealand over? Steve, you just got your answer before the fact. Uh, and if you missed that, go and have a listen to the podcast. Colin Munro, this might be more of a question for uh, Baz. I mean, we've got to go because we've got Ben Kennings coming up, so we have to shoot soon. But this might be more of a question for Baz, but you'll have a, a line. How close is he to being able to play in the IPL? I think he'll go close this year. So Munner's has played IPL. Munner's been to IPL. He came to Mumbai with me first first year I was there. Then he went to Kolkata. I had two years at Kolkata, um, and then a year at um, Delhi. Might have been one or two years at Delhi. Um, so he's been there thereabouts. Just didn't really um, crack it, crack into it in the it's IPL. Hard, it's hard to get opportunities and find rhythm, isn't it, when you're moving in and out the international players. Yeah, plus he was always um, just in and out of – he never got an extended run. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, exactly what yeah, I mean. Exactly, yeah, you're right, Louis. He never got an extended run. Um, it's very cutthroat IPL. You either perform for – you get two games max. Even if you go poor in one game, you're out. Mm. They're super cutthroat. They don't – yeah. So you, <laughs> It's old bears. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mate. That's, yeah, right. that's what it is. So, look, if he got there this year and got an extended run and someone said, like, yep, we're going to play you every every game for the first half, then I think you go really well. But I think he was the missing link, at least in our squad, um, this previous World Cup. Can you imagine Conway goes out with broken hand and you have Colin Munro coming to number four in that final? I think we're a good, really good chance. 20 minutes from nine, Ben Kennings from Surfing NZ coming up. Keep your messages coming through, double eight, double three. You listen to SCNZ and we are quarter to nine this morning. It is SCNZ Summer Breakfast. And, and as I said last week, one of the great staples of summer is surfing around the country. I encourage everybody to always be safe around the water. Uh, oh, the drowning rate this year has been sickening. But look, we know that one organisation that takes safety, water safety very seriously and also run a great competition is Surfing New Zealand. The CEO is Ben Kennings. He's down in with, on the West Coast now. I'm hoping and crossing my fingers that he's managed to find some reception because you're a bit remote, aren't you, Ben? Yeah, we're a little bit out of the way, but uh, I do have reception this morning, so we're good to go. Excellent, man. So exactly, give us your, your location. Where, what are your coordinates looking like? Uh, we are at Tauranga Bay, which is about 15 kilometres south of Westport. Uh, and So it's just past Cape Bellwind. Uh, for the people who have heard of that before, um, very beautiful beach here, um, some great surf, and we kicked off the national championships yesterday, and we're into day two this morning, so got up and running about 40 minutes ago. Oh, awesome. So they're already out there. What were the conditions looking like yesterday? You were hoping for at least something overhead. Is that what you got yesterday? Yeah, yeah, we did, and it was a typical West Coast conditions for New Zealand. It was sort of like 
a really nice one metre swell, one and a half metre swell, but every now and again some, you get some really large two metre waves come through that push around the corner at Tauranga Bay were kind of tucked in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, these big waves would roll, roll into the bay and sort of wash it out a bit. But some great surfing. We had um, all the top female surfers in action yesterday. So uh, uh, two of the favourites, Paige Harrop, uh, progressed through her heat. And also Christchurch surfer and 2020 national champion Ava Henderson advanced out of hers. Um, yeah. Two of the other girls that were looking really promising were um, Ariana Shuri from Taranaki and also Bree Bennett from Raglan. Beautiful. How's, how's Paige looking? Is she in, in good form? She is, and I think she's been down in South Island for a couple of weeks now, touring around and um, getting to see parts of the country she hasn't been at. Um, she had a bit of a slow heat yesterday, probably by her own recognition, but um, she's looking solid. She's always um, there, and she knows how to win heat, so things aren't going her way. She could still dominate a heat and make sure she advances to that next round. Um, she should be up in action uh, tomorrow on Thursday. Hey, Ben, it sounds like there was one real highlight from yesterday, a 9.33, which is pretty big scoring, especially on day one when you're trying to work out the break and, and competitors are trying to work out which way the angle of the wave and the swell's coming in. So Piha's Leia Miller, I think I'm getting that right, a 9.33. Did you witness this? Yes, uh, caught that wave. Um, yeah, she's an amazing young surfer. I think she turns 15 tomorrow, actually, but... Um, she's in her late teens, um, very dedicated, committed surfer, um, spent, obviously, um, being based being based at PR, spent most of the year locked away from all their peers. So she's sort of come out of the gates pretty strong at this event. Um, Tauranga Bay is pretty similar to South Piha, where she surfs often. So that 9.33, perfect um, left-hander. She surfs on her backhand on left-handers and um, just smashed the wave all the way to the beach. Um, really committed, and uh, yeah, it's looking looking forward to watching her surf for the rest of the week. I just watched her second heat of the day today, and she advanced to the semi-finals of the under-18 girls as well. That's awesome, man. What do we have coming up today, Ben? Are the, the blokes in action? Yeah, so all the top uh, seeds in the men's division are out uh, in 20 minutes. Um, that'll take us through till about lunchtime, and then we've got a bunch of the senior divisions, so... Uh, one of the quirks with the national champs, we have all the age groups from under 14 years of age through to over 60. So a lot of those older guys are going to be in action. And um, some of them surfed here last time we had the nationals in Westport, which was 1997. So looking forward to catching up with a bunch of them, saying good day and sharing a few stories. Oh, yeah. Who are the old salty dogs that are going to put a good run together today? <laughs> um, I'd imagine. So one of the local guys, Joy Earnshaw, um, he actually won the juniors back in 1997. Um, How good. <laughs> went yeah, wow. went overseas for a long time, but now he's in the seat division. Um, he's surfing in the open, but also I think it's the over 40s as well. Um, very much a character of the local surfing community. So 97, was that the last time that the event was down on the coast? Yes, that's right. So he's coming back. So he's actually, So he's actually defending the title, really. Could be, yeah. Well, he's not defending his under under-18. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's the kind of commencement. It's the evolution, yeah. you know. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nah, he, so he's, uh, yeah, I, I talked to him yesterday morning. He was actually a ball of nerves yesterday. Couldn't believe he'd come back to his local surfing community. It's not often that we get down to the South Island, let alone Westport. So 
um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Awesome, Ben. Appreciate the update, and, and no doubt we'll catch up a couple more times throughout the tournament. So thanks for that, yeah, and uh, good luck today. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having us on the show. There you go. Ben Kenning, CEO of Surfing New Zealand. He's a great man down there. On the West Coast, how cool is that? Won the uh, the junior under 18s and 97 back to defend the well. Now we'll move on to the yeah. open crowd. How good, eh? How good. Have you been to the West Coast of the South Island? I have not. Nah. You never touch snow. Never. Jeez, t- <laughs> come on, mate. S- settle down. Settle down. Never, mate, get down there. Hey, get down take, there. I need take, to. Get a little cat. This oh is yeah, Georgia would love that, mate. So she's jo- listening. Uh, yeah, she knows. Georgia, she's... Mitch, uh, we Bubba in a camper van. You guys would be loving it down there. Yeah, true, 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 true. Far out. Yeah, you're selling the dream to my wife if she's listening, that's for sure. Tick you and you, mate, up all night. Better get out of my little bubble, don't I? Yeah, that's the one. Well, before we get locked up again. I don't say that. It's eight minutes to nine. SENZ Summer Breakfast. Double eight, double three. What are we missing out from that uh, that ODI side? We I've got one name that we did miss that I'm going to throw at mm. Mitch up after this. A bit of a bowling option. We'll be back shortly. Keep the kick messages coming through, though. Double eight, double three, or 0800 150 811, the Kennard's High Phone Line. SENZ is two and a half minutes to nine. We've been building our ODI side to go to Australia and take on the Aussies. The test players, for context, are staying here in New Zealand because of the MIQ situation. And we've got South Africa. We've tied or we've drawn a test series against Bangladesh. If anybody had asked you before the test series if that would have been acceptable, well, acceptable might not be the right word, but ideal, I think the answer was probably no. This test series against South Africa, the stakes I think have been slightly elevated in context to this summer. But the ODI series in Australia, we don't like losing to Australia and we're not going to send lambs to the slaughter. We want them to do well. Mm. We've been building the side... The batting is deep, Mitch. The bowling probably lacks a little bit of, not X-factor, but experience, especially the seam attack. What about a guy like Scott Kugeline? Yeah, Scott Kugeline would come in. I think they'd either play Bracewell or Kugeline um, if that was an option. Um, look, I'm not entirely sure whether they will take Bracewell. He'd just be in my side just because I think he's a good all-round cricket, cricketer. Two new balls. He swings the ball at the top. Um, genuine outswing. I know Duffy went on the last tour as well, so he would come into the frame in terms of that stuff. But Kugelheim would be there as your all-rounder, your guy who's going to bat at eight eight or nine. Um, if Satna moved up to seven and we dropped the batter, say we dropped Chapman out, then Kugelheim comes into it with Bracewell to bat at eight behind Satna, batting at seven. So, yeah, I don't think he's too far off. He's just... Um, Kugs is one of those guys who you just... You just you really want him to do really well because he's he's actually a really nice fella. Um, he's just inconsistent, and I don't know how many guys you can have in that side who are going to be inconsistent. I guess in Australia you need to take wickets, and one day cricket you need to take wickets. So he'd fit into that side if you got Ferguson and Brace all both there. Uh, Brace is more consistent, but Coogie would come in. Here's your area of expertise to a T: aggressive white ball bowling. Is this white ball seam attack aggressive enough that we've listed? Uh, the one on paper, if you introduced Tickner or Kugelein, that'd be aggression. aggression. Sears could do it as well. Uh, but first or Sears might miss out as well. Now I think about it, they'll go more experience because they won't want to lose that series. They won't want to. It's balance, mate. I don't know what they want, but I'd want to win. Jeez, it's they might just want to blood people, so you know, Bracewell might no. not be there, Bennett might not be there. No, they know. don't be silly. It's Australia. No. <laughs> this is stakes are high. All right, after this, Devin Conway along the cricketing themes up next.
Right now it's the news for Kubota, together with shaping and building New Zealand. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110ml for just $34.99. Baz and Izzy, we might be at the beach, but the show goes on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. SNZ Summer Brekkie, it is three minutes past nine o'clock here for one more hour and we've got so much to get through. Mitch McLennigan, Louis Herman Watt, we've been having a ball this morning talking lots of different sport, basketball, surfing, cricket, the lot. If you've missed anything, head to the Baz and Izzy for Breakfast podcast channel and uh, catch up with our lot. We're building our ODI side to go and play in Australia, it's an interesting concept because it's going to be a, a funny old tour with only the uh, white ball cricketers available. It looks like that the Test players will all stay here for the Test Series against South Africa. As well as that, I still want to ask you, and I'm going to ask you right now, Ross Taylor last night, getting a wicket with his last action in Test cricket. Richard Hadley did the same thing. So Richard Hadley, what are the great fairy tale finishes in sport? I'm thinking to... Dan Carter kicking that uh, kicking that conversion with his right foot in the Rugby World Cup in 2015. But then DC carried on. Richie McCaw ends on a high. What are some of those moments where the last thing is the best thing? And it's, it's very rare for athletes and sports people to go out at the top. It's just not natural a lot of the time because you're born to be competitors, I believe. This is from an outside view. You always want more and you always have that extreme self-belief. I'll tell you another one. Baz McCullum's 195 at Hagley. That was a fairy tale into his test career. So make sure you send me a message there. Double eight, double three. What are the great fairy tale finishes in sport? Someone please text through because this is Louis's baby this morning. So some co- contributions, please. Please. <laughs> please. Help me. Can you yeah. think of any off the top of your head? Oh, it would have been Tom Brady last year. It would have been the ultimate. But he decided to go around again. Him and Gronk, they should have just won and done. What about if we? Uh, what about if he gets it this year? Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Can't see it happening, though, can you? Michael Jordan, the anti. Yep. What, yep. If, what if Tiger stopped playing golf after the Masters win? That would have been unreal. Unreal, eh? But he genuinely believed that he was going to win more, which he probably was going to. That's my theory about why yeah. it's so hard, because they... When you become that elite of a competitor, mm. it's hard to take that mentality, that lens off, that you won't do it anymore. And especially when you break age barriers, and that's something you're passionate about. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, let's yes, not let's not go down the rabbit hole right now. It is five minutes past nine. That's six more. That's beautifully timed. He absolutely pummeled that. Baz and Izzy are talking cricket, thanks to Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 10 years. I'll give you the tip. Baz and Izzy are on holiday, especially now that that test was wrapped up in nice fashion. Baz off the Spark Sport commentary, probably back up at Matter Matter, maybe going through the Magic Millions book to try and find his next champion racehorse. Razine is the paint professionals use. And uh, the Black Caps put together one of the all-time great complete packages this latest test against Bangladesh at Hagley Oval. Another century to Devin Conway. That's just starting to become all too familiar. He's been good enough to join us on the line this morning. Morning, Devin. Good morning, guys. How are you all doing? Yeah, we're basking in the glory of probably one of the more special Black Caps 
uh, victories. It's young Black Caps or international career for you, but uh, for all the different varying reasons, it must have felt pretty cool at Hagley over the last few days. Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, it's a pretty special test for everyone. Um, obviously, you know, for Ross Taylor, you know, to send him off um, on a positive note and, and remember his legacy that he's created has just been really good for us, you know, as a team to, to sort of put that performance together as, uh, as a unit. So it's been a really good couple of days. Yeah, you've been outstanding since you uh, came into the Black Caps, Devin. Um, that's, I think everyone can agree with that. Um, but has there been anything spoken about you shifting down to that number four spot? Just reading between the lines, you betting at three and Will opening um, kind of means that you are going to slot into Ross's spot when he's done, or he is done now. Cheers, Mitch. Um, yeah, I think um, there has been chat before, well, just before the series started, that the, the likelihood is that I would probably move to four. Um I don't think it's, I'm not sure if it's all confirmed as of yet, but I think that would be the, the likelihood of me moving now to four. Um, obviously, Will's done a really good job at opening the batting. He's seriously technically sound, and um, he's doing a great job for the team there. So I assume that, you know, with, with that gap being opened up, it might mean I'll have to to move to four to allow Kane to, to uh, move into the, his normal number three position. Oh, so I'd imagine there's a um, running between the wickets WhatsApp group between Kane and <laughs> Ross Taylor. Um, as he introduced you into that group, so you you guys can start to build a, a good combination there and and work on your calling online. Yeah, yeah, it's actually a funny one. I think the guys I copped quite a lot of abuse um, from the lads over the last two days. You know, saying that I run with my my gloves in my hands and I need to just put my gloves on when I run between the wickets. So. Um, yeah, it's not a great label to have that my running between the wickets is a little bit questionable at times, but you know, I think um, Ross, Ross will probably have a, a couple more words to me to sort of encourage me to get better between the wickets, so uh, hopefully that'll improve the next coming, coming test. Well, Dev, um, oh, Tom Latham might have had the most unbelievable test match. Six catches, 250-odd, but he, he also did set you up there did he have did he say sorry there was a, a cl- good close-up slow-mo of the eyes going back in his head like he, he was absolutely gutted when he sold you one there and I think you tried to get it a bit squarer than he did but did he apologize yeah shame he did he did apologize and you know the thing is um those those misjudgments do happen so there's there's no sort of hatred towards that you know those things do happen unfortunately and um I think off the bat, he, he certainly did feel like it went towards that point area where where there was a good gap, and um, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things. And you know, you just move on. And he did apologise, and happy days, you know. Devin, um, I want to ask you a question just about the step up from first class cricket to international cricket. If you go across all of your numbers across um, all formats, you're considerably higher average at test cricket, 69 as opposed to a 48 average at first class. ODI cricket, you're averaging 75 as opposed to 46. And T20 cricket, uh, no averages are neither here nor there, but you're averaging 50 uh, compared to 43, which are phenomenal stats. Um, what has do you feel like there's a huge step up to international cricket in terms of the bowlers, or are the grounds set up better for you to be able to see the bowlers easier? Because it seems like you're almost finding it easier at international cricket than you do at first class. Um, yeah, I think there certainly is um, a slight step up. You know, um, the intensity around everything, you know, the pressure as well. Um, there, there is definitely. A step up and, and, and again also like the control of the bowlers, you know, facing you in first class first class cricket. It's pretty much the same thing really. It's just like the bowlers have got really good control. Um 
which makes it challenging for a batter to, to score. But again, you know, I think those numbers and my averages and that sort of thing, I don't really look too much into it. I've only just uh, jumped into the international um, scene. So, you know, they, they might be a bit skewed um, for starters. You know, there's still a lot of cricket to be played and they might balance out a little bit more over time. So, um, but, the, but to answer your question, really, there is, there is a bit of a step up. It's just more to do with, you know, the pressure and the control that bowlers bring at international level. Yeah, Cool, man. That that makes perfect sense. Hey, um, I, I did see one stat though that I pro you might not want to hear it, but because <laughs> you've just said you don't like look at that stuff. But there was one stat about uh, runs through first five Test matches and averages and and actually total runs as well. And I think you've had nine innings now. It would be right, and you sit above Don Bradman. So <laughs> just just a, just that's just something that yeah, just take that for free on your way out. Hey, what was it like playing under Tom Latham's captaincy in this series? Obviously, you've come through under Kane. How did Tom go about leading the lads? Yeah, I think he's really good. You know, um, we we uh, are familiarised with the way he captains. Um, you know, he did take take the reins in in England in that second test in Southampton when. Um, Kane, Kane sort of set out just to make sure he was ready for that final um, and yeah he's he's really good you know he's a good leader um, he gets the boys going uh, so so he's he's really good and I think um, to to fill the, the gap of Kane Williamson is big shoes to fill so um, the fact that Tommy is doing where he do, he wants it's, um, it's pretty cool and we're very happy to be playing under him as captain and we certainly are looking forward to, to Kane returning when he's ready as well. So he's been real good. Well, Stephen, um, you obviously be a little bit disappointed to miss out on any uh, cricket and not being going to Australia, but you've got a huge test series against uh, your your countrymen, where the place of birth. I know you're a true New Zealander now, um, but you must cool. be really excited for, for that South African series coming up. Yeah, very, very excited. Um, certainly looking forward to, to that South African series. I had a a quiet chat to Neil Wagner in the change room last night about it and said to him what's it like playing against, you know, your, your old country. And um, he said, you know, it's, it's just another game of cricket, really. You've just got to accept that, you know, um, it's just another opposition and not look too much into it as if you're playing against, you know, England, Australia, Bangladesh, whoever it may be, and just play the game, really. Um, and, not, yeah, and, and just express yourself as you would in, in, in every two games. So, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to that challenge that lies ahead, so I'm looking forward to it. I don't think that's, just from the outside looking at it, it probably won't be that much of an issue for you because one of the strengths, it seems like you just face every ball as it comes. You know, your, your clarity of mind when you're at the crease kind of is what comes through on the TV at least. Is that something you've really worked on, It just kind of being focused and not overthinking? Yeah, certainly. I think that's part of my plan to try and react to whatever's, you know, in front of me. Um so naturally, I'd, I'd like to sort of continue doing that as much as possible. But sometimes um, pressure, you know, things things can happen um, when you're not right, very clear in, in your mindset and, and what you want to do. So I will be um, sort of working really hard over the next three, four weeks to try and make sure I'm mentally prepared and, and ready for the challenges against um, South Africa in, in, in late February, I think Nice, and you'll go back and join up with Wellington now, I'd assume, um, who just seem to be turning around their Super Smash campaign. Uh, you must be looking forward to getting back in that setup. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, you know, we've been watching the boys from a distance, and 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 like you say, they've they've sort of turned up turned up their performances of the last few matches, and um, they're having really positive 
cricket, you know, watching Michael Bracewell do his thing at Pukekura Park the other day, getting 141, not out to win that game, you know, guys are stepping up and, and, and putting in some really significant performances. So, um, we, well, myself, you know, Tom Blundell, Rajan Ravindra and a couple others are really excited to um, rejoin the boys, you know, when the next Super Smash games are available. So we're very excited. And on that, um, we're trying to put our ODI squad together for for Australia. Uh, we, we see Hamish Bennett and Ben Sears being in that squad at the minute. Um, just a quick word on Ben Sears for people who don't know much about him. Yeah, um, very, very um, exciting young talent, Ben Sears. Um, you know, he's probably one of the quickest bowlers in the setup. You know, Lockie Ferguson, I'd probably say, is one of is probably the quickest um, on the circuit. And I think Ben Sears is, is probably close first term in second um, but yeah very very young and exciting and I think um, you know there's a lot of opportunities for him lying ahead and I think if he just continues to improve and, and do what he does um, you know I think the sky's the limit for him so very exciting times for him um, in the future. Awesome Devin you've been generous with your time mate the morning after um, a, probably a, a bucket load of KFC I'd assume in that sheds and a, a, a pretty exciting test series for yourself and then the test match for the side as well so congratulations on all the accolades and we look forward to watching you shortly. Thank you so much guys take care. No worries Devin Conway the man of the series against Bangladesh and um, wow just a run machine to be honest. <laughs> yeah impressive eh? Impressive. So yeah. impressive. Yeah, uh, you got to look at those numbers, though. They're, they're insane. Do you know what, for me, the most impressive part of it is, and, and I remember being a former iteration of SCNZ or Radio Sport across the road, and Daniel McCarty, because he's a Wellingtonian, mm-hmm. had for, see, since 2016, since oh, 2017 when I was working with Dan McCarty, had said Devin Conway. Guy. Devin Conway. Had the same with a, a guy I played cricket with growing up, Mark Ellison. I said the same thing, playing club cricket down in Wellington. I said Devin Conway. Straight away, once he'd seen him, Devin Conway, going to play for New Zealand. And was like, what do you mean? He's playing club cricket and, like, Devin Conway. Yeah. He, so, so with that in mind, he's had been labelled and been stamped. And I think the advantage of – because this often doesn't work. Kids are coming out of high school and college. Actually, it often backfires. The, the mm. RTSs of the world are very rare. Yes. The, the Dan Carters of the world are very rare. Yep. But I think – Devin being 30 now and into the, like, uh, uh, Stephen Fleming kept saying Mike Hussey, Mike Hussey, Mike Hussey. That's yep. who he remembers. The fact that he's got life experience, he's played so much cricket, yep. being labelled probably didn't bother him as much as it does for a kid, less likely to go to the head because you'd know now being a dad, the perspective you have on life when you're a bit older, hugely different. And you th- everyone can just put yourself in those shoes and think about the ways you considered life three, four, five years ago when you were younger, it constantly changes. So that's so impressive, but it does kind of check out and it does make sense. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, I Like, you know, we've spoken about it so much so far. I think age, um, guys are only going to get better. You can stay fit when you're older now. Um, it's very easy to do if you look after yourself. Um, and with that experience, you're just going to get better players like Conway. So, like, uh, we've just spoken about Doug Bracewell. Where does he fit into the New Zealand cricket picture? You know, he's close to 30 now. So, if not, he is 30, I think, Louis. So, um, you know, he's at that age as well where, like, a lot more life experience than he was when he was – what did he make his debut when he was 
22 or something like that. Doug Bracewell for New Zealand. Young. You know, young, really young and experienced. 22 when he was bowl, turning it around corners and <laughs> yeah, um, exactly, exactly. Yeah, too right, mate. You know, so um, he was young and now he's matured into a very fine cricketer. So, so where does he sit in the New Zealand cricket landscape as well as a more mature cricketer? All right. Well, last night we all saw one of the more spectacular things you'll ever watch in sport, and especially in New Zealand sport. Ross Taylor taking a, get this read, taking a wicket with his last action in Test cricket. Um, incredible. And I asked, who has gone out on top? Mm. What are the fairy tale finishes in sport? And I've got some great feedback here on the text machine. Arguably, BMAC and Vittori left the game at their peak too. BMAC's last few years were his most consistent. Vittori almost never dipped over his career and got better with bat becoming a genuine all-rounder. You would remember Vittori's contribution in the 2015 World Cup. Yeah. Invaluable. 100%. And great singer as well in the back of the bus. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Uh, Peter Snell, second Olympics, two gold medals, 24-ish years old, walks away from the sport. Scott, Scott's come through with some gold. Usain Bolt, three Olympics in a row, 100-200 double. think they got the four times, I think they've been quashed, the four times 100 and four times 200 because just somehow the other Jamaican athletes were uh, found to be doping. doping. <laughs> <laughs> just, but, I guess he still went out on top. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Derek Jeter, last at bat Yankee Stadium, walk off from Jamie. That's yeah, one of the great ones. Yeah, too right. Isn't that be insane, eh? Uh, what's better? What's better? That Derek Jeter walk off or Ross Taylor? I guess a hundred a Ross Taylor hundred to win the game would have been Well put it Bears versus what Ross did. Same ground, same sport, same team, pretty much similar careers. Yeah. You know, both legends. Yep. Baz makes a um, but the fastest test ton, and I think it was a hundred and was it ninety five or was that no? That was a different. Ah, uh, did he get one hundred and fifty? One hundred and fifty odd. Yeah. Ross takes a wicket. I mean, they are two completely different things. What do you reckon? Oh, I think for the the giggle factor, I think the wicket, <laughs> the wicket was hilarious. The novelty, I, factor. Uh, yeah, the novelty factor, and just that it was just no one would have picked it. Um, but I, I would have rather seen Ross go out on top with some runs. Me too. Yeah. I think, um, I think that would have felt more um, right. More right, yeah. Um, I'm kind of sad, actually. I mean, it would have been nice if he got through. You know, the the best stage for Ross to go out on would have been hitting that six at, that, at the World Test Championship. That would have been him walking out genuinely on top in this conversation. That would have been cool. Yeah, it's hard to know what um, it's hard to know where he thought his game was at off the back of that, and you mm. you might again you get sucked into the high of it, mm. and he's probably. I I wonder if he he look I I haven't had the conversation with him. I don't know why he's retired, but I know I know that Ross would always want to go out um, before he got pushed. Yes. So I don't know whether there was some chat that potentially he wasn't in the frame for the next World Cup. And he would have been thinking, can I get through to the next World Cup, uh, next one-day World Cup, because that he would have wanted to win a World Cup. So, yeah, I I don't know if he just saw riding on the wall and, and changing of the guard in the next couple of years and wanted to go out on top, which is fair. Like, he deserves that as well. And we've spoken about his test average a wee bit over the last 18 months. Bangladesh uh, with South Africa, a crucial series coming up. Mm. If he hadn't produced the series, which he didn't, re- well, he scored a few runs, but not big runs. Yep. Uh, with Will Young, Devin Conway, if right? Kane came if back Kane, into the if side. If Kane was here for South Africa, yep. 
you know. But anyway, that's revisionist history. What we saw last night was one of the most special things. Uh, Jared Hayne, NRL finish, not great work, Reed. Yeah, that's good from you, Reno. Yeah. I was going to say we could we could have taught Forty ers with Jared Hayne from jail. <laughs> Cam Smith, NRL Premiership, plus in his prime, Cooper Cronk with the Roosters. Sorry, bro, I've got to try to catch my breath. I got a stitch. Cam Smith uh, and Cooper Cronk, and um, yeah, th- keep those coming through. Fairy tale finishes. It's twenty three minutes past nine o'clock. Paul Mawadi, the party, not far away. On SCNZ Summer Breakfast, 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 we're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. SCNZ, and uh, we've been talking cricket all morning thanks to Razine. Razine Colour Shops, your paint, stain, colour and decorating experts. Been great fun trying to piece together this ODI side and also reflecting in one of the great victories last night for, well, the Black Caps in a, a bounce back test match. TAB.co.nz is your home for everything sport and racing. And, um, I would be very curious to know from our friend of the party, Paul Moati, what odds you would have opened Ross Taylor at to take a wicket to finish his test career? Paul? It's like a Hollywood movie, isn't it? You couldn't write it. It, It'd be just absolutely ridiculous. Ross Taylor, with the final ball of his final test match, taking a wicket. It's just fantastic. Brilliant to see. Oh, you could have written. No, you couldn't have actually. No. It would have been fairly short. It would have been fairly short because you know that it would have been set up that way. I'm trying to think if like Taika Waititi or someone came up with that. You'd say, "No, nah, you're nuts." You say, "No, nah, don't, don't. <laughs> let's not, let's not overdo it, eh?" What do you reckon? Like a million, like a, like a. What, what, what were Leicester paying? Was it four thousand to one? Is that that sort of those sorts of odds? Uh, yeah. <laughs> With those sorts of um, prop bets, there's always a chance that um, something funny is going to happen. Uh, obviously, Leicester winning the uh, premiership, uh, that was huge. They had to get past the big four, uh, and they did it. But uh, And I think they're around 1,000 to 1 um, uh, with us, or 500 to 1. But yeah, yeah, they got out big time. Um, just It was just so good to see uh, Taylor be able to uh, finish off his career in that sort of fashion. Just uh, just fantastic. And I'm sure that a type of YTD's probably having a look now and going, <laughs> yeah, we, could, we, we could make a movie out of that. Yeah, too right. Hey, Paulie, um, how much money do you take off the punters with your Aaron Finch, Sean Marsh punt yesterday, mate? <laughs> Absolute doozy. What did they combine score? Oh, Finch got three, which was on the cards, and Marsh obviously didn't get 100. He got 39. No, he... Yeah, all he had to do was get 97, and, <laughs> and you're okay. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, no. Well, it wasn't the best uh, power play, to be fair, for punters. Um, <laughs> Shock. <laughs> um, Listen to that maniacal laugh. What do, you, what do you have for us today, then, Paul? What do we got? I, I like a couple of matter matter today. Um, I'm glad you, yeah, glad you mentioned it, because we've got a bonus back promotion on the first two races at matter matter today. Um, and I'm just having a look at the market uh, race one. Uh, the best back so far has been Side Hustle, uh, ridden by Kozi Asano today, uh, 480 into 420. Um, but there's been a wee bit of action further down the page. Number nine, Kermelina, trained by David Green, mm. uh, ridden by Masa Hatazumi, um, currently $13. Mm. So there's been a bit of action on Kermelina. 
uh, at double figure odds. Was 17 now into 13, and in race two... We own a tiger. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we own a t- exactly. We own a tiger. Uh, funnily enough, ridden by Massa Hasazumi again. So there's been a, a, a wee bit of support for his first two rides uh, at Matamata today. And I just had a look at the uh, Jockey Challenge at Matamata. He's paying thirty one dollars to win the Jockey Challenge today. Um, so if if the action is good in those first two races, he could get off to a quick start and maybe hard to peg back. Uh, so, yeah, Hasazumi, $31 to win the Jockey Challenge, and he's been well-backed in races one and two, which are bonus-back races. I reckon Matty Vitamin C, Matty Cameron, would be a great bet in the Jockey Challenge. He's got an awesome book of rides, and uh, we own a Tiger. You could be doing a lot worse. That's a nice maiden chance. Thanks, Paulie. Good to catch up. Very good, boys. There you go, Paulie the party, Moati. We're going to be back after this, and we're just going to finish off this conversation about our ODI side. A couple of last texts here to get through. We'll get to those, and uh, Mitch might have a a theory about maybe this tack on T20 and what you'd do with that. 28 minutes to 10, here is the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Aotearoa. Twenty-six minutes away from ten o'clock. Gee, some interesting news there from Trudy, covering all sorts of different topics. As always, we'll not try to catch up with Trudy and Trudy's world before the end of the hour. Mitch uh, Novak Djokovic, watch for another day. Personally, I just want the Australian government to come out and do it, make their case, and make it happen. Because otherwise, this is going to start to really infringe on the actual tennis being played, and it's such a good summer sport. I don't want to see that happen. When we're talking ODI cricket, and there's a couple of last texts here to clean up, mate. Does Nisha make your ODI squad? Yeah, Nisha's there. Nisha's there. Yep, he's um, he's going to bat at six on this tour. He'll so. be he'll be a very important character, won't he? Yeah, massively important. Um, I see him in the T20s as well. Um, obviously, I think they, they need a bit more support around him. So I like Phillips at five, uh, Nisham at six, and either your keeper, Cleaver, or someone like that at, at seven, seven or eight. So, yeah. Is Ish Sodi in the mix? Ish Sodi's in the squad, um, depending on where they're playing. The first, first one's at Perth, I think. Um, and then if they end up in Sydney, he might play. Um, yeah. But I don't think they'll play two spinners... Uh, too much on this tour so that's that's the interesting part is that do, do they take East Shodi knowing that he potentially won't play but will play the T20s I think they'll play two spinners in the T20s Do you think they would entertain having a bigger squad for the whole tour and combining a squad for the T20 and the ODIs? I would because too often they're two different games they're two different games and a lot of your, your guys your Fortunately, in the squad that we've picked, a lot of those guys can go across other formats, but our normal one-day team um, doesn't. Well, is that because they're closer to our normal one-day team is almost closer to our test side? Test side, yeah. It's much more like our test side. Which Um, tells you what we still value as our number one commodity. Yep. uh, I think those games have come closer together. I think the test and the 50-over stuff has come closer together. Um, Kane's a big advocate on picking test cricketers for, for one-day cricket as opposed to the Is other that right? One. Yeah, with the odd guy in there who can who can hit the ball and, and you obviously need a couple of death bowlers. But. And uh, is that 
That's really interesting. So is that because 2020 has actually evolved further away from the other two rather than the other two coming together? So I think so. I think it definitely has. I think the, the skills that you need as a bowler in, in um, T20 cricket are a little bit more erratic than what you'd need in a one-day game, which is about dotting up, building pressure, uh, moving the ball early, less Yorkers. You want to try and get teams six, seven down by the 40th over, so you really don't have to bowl too much death. You're just bowling to, to tail-enders, where death in T20 can start in the third, fourth over. So you need guys who've got the ability to bowl Yorkers, where it's not super important in one-day cricket nowadays because you, as a bowling side, you're trying to be aggressive up until the 40th, so you don't have to have that death phase, so... What was your favourite format to play? I enjoyed one day cricket because it gave you the opportunity to, to bowl in all those different phases. Particularly, I was in that transition period where death was still important. Um, guys would build innings and hold wickets in hand um, for that phase. So you had that death phase. Um, you bowl in, at the top, you could swing the ball or, or seam the ball. And then in the middle, you had that couple of over bursts and it. Um, as your wicket-taking bowler, your strike bowler, to come in and try bounce people out, break partnerships. So it had everything you do in a four-day game, pretty much just with the death added in. So yeah, I enjoyed one-day cricket. I think what for everything you just painted the picture there, it's still why one-day cricket. It, like I know that Test cricket's the ultimate, but one-day cricket is still. I and mean, I said it the first morning we worked to get work together. Something about a perfect one-day game like that semi-final against India in the World Cup or mm. the final, which is just the way that the ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows, hundred percent. You're exactly right, Louis. It's uh, it's got everything. Yeah, yeah, it's the culmination. Yeah. So in a way, it is the perfect test, even though it's not the test cricket. So it's kind of if you're kind of with me here. Otherwise, I'm just sounding delusional. And it wouldn't, <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Wouldn't be the first time. I guess. Yeah. The question question you asked was that do you, do you put emphasis on the T20 stuff as well? And then if they are using this tour to get guys experience for the future, um, say Jimmy Neesham goes down and you need a power hitter towards the end of the innings. In Australian conditions, what are your options domestically? And, and there's not there's not a lot um, in terms of that genuine power hit who can hit sixes. And and the guy who a name that may not be front of mind for a lot of people, but Josh Clarkson, who's playing for Central Districts. Yeah, he's he's that guy who can clear the rope from ball one, who can do what Jimmy would is the lo- closest I see around the circuit to being able to do what Jimmy does. Um, and I think he'll fit into that role within New Zealand's T20 side in the future. Um, but is this an opportunity to take an extended squad, have him go over there and potentially play that T20, um, use Jimmy a little bit more as a bowler, and he may be bat seven? Because I felt like we were a little bit light with the from the death-hitting phase in the T20s, uh, this T20 World Cup just been. And we saw, particularly when we missed that Conway, that Kane and Guptill had to go a little bit slower at the start of that innings um, so that Jimmy wasn't in too early because we knew how important he was going to be for that death phase, that death hitting phase. So Mitch Santner had, has done it from time to time, but you wouldn't call him a consistent closer, would you? No, I wouldn't call him a consistent closer. No, I, I think you need, like he would be great if he had someone else there around. You know, like I just think you need... Th- two guys and then Mitch Satner just puts the, the cherry on the top, so to speak. Yeah, that's no, a really good point. Just last lastly, uh, last name I'll throw at you. Where's Tom Bruce at? He's just come back into form. 
just come back into form. Um, so his last couple of innings um, down at Pookie Park have been sensational. He's, he's a new king of Pookie Park, um, <laughs> is Tom Bruce, uh, after obviously Roscoe's dominated there for so long. Um, he's coming back into form. Um, he doesn't make this setup, but it's nice to see him back scoring some runs. I know went through that lean patch when he went to Sussex, um, which kind of knocked his confidence a bit. He ended up getting dropped from um, being an overseas player. But yeah, look, uh, Clarkson, quality. And do they take a left armour in someone like Ben Lister, who's like a pick-a-man when he's in form, pick-a-man when he's in form, and, and he's bowling the best uh, death bowling around the country at the minute, in my opinion. Perfect. Um, yeah. Nah. Swings, left armour swings the ball away. Um, good with the new nut. Yeah. So a good death bowler. So. Love, a, love a left armour, don't we? Well, there's yeah. none in that squad, so yeah, you've got to take your token, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 why not? 18 minutes to 10. We might try to catch up with Trudy. Because we missed Trudy in the first hour today. Let's see if she's still in commission. Get to her after this. Oh, all right. Let's try this again. It's Trudy's world. 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 Well, I feel like I've made it. I'm doing a Trudy's world at like quarter to ten on a on a midweek. What's going on? <laughs> Where are you? Hello. Can you hear me? Hello, Joe. <laughs> hey, Prime Joe. time, Trudy. Prime time. See, maybe we promote you up the order. We might drop Joe down. Maybe to twelfth man. <laughs> I've missed. I've missed the burnt sausage rolls in the kitchen, Joey. Oh well. <laughs> it's been. It's been a while. Well, you know how um, Ross Taylor got a, a bowl before he retired. Um, mm. So I don't know about Joe. With what we need to do for Joe before he oh, he, he, he knocks yeah. off. <laughs> Go out on a high. Yeah, maybe maybe. Um, Tip a cup of tea over the studio. No, don't do that. That's like the <laughs> ultimate radio bad mistake. Um, yeah, now, as we were talking about this morning, but I did drop off into the metaverse, Ross Taylor, of course, capped off his test career with an absolutely fabulous finish yesterday. In fading light and crowd pressure, he took that final wicket in the Black Caps victory. So I thought that we'd just do a little, you know, a tip of the cap to our Ross. So I didn't know until this morning that his name, full name, is Luteru Ross Potoa Lote Taylor. Mm, so Ross Taylor for short. And he blows out at 38 candles in a couple of months in March. I ran into Ross when I was down at the Mount over New Year's. Two gorgeous children, Jonty and Mackenzie, and um, gorgeous wife, Victoria. They were every day I was at Tay Street Beach Cafe in the Mountain, so were they. So, <laughs> so we're on the same page. So Kane Williamson's local that as well. Yeah, it's quite a goodie. Yeah. Just um, if you can, if you are in the Mount, I can thoroughly recommend it. Right on the water and the curried, no, chilli spiced eggs, scrambled eggs were amazing. Anyway, um, the Wellington-born cricket star has a couple of nicknames, as we mentioned earlier, Roscoe. But there's one that I thought you guys could give me a bit of an insight to because I have no idea why he's called this. Palakali Plunderer. Why would they call him that? Uh, was it, did he score 100 in T20? Palakali's in, um, yeah, it, in it, Sri Lanka. Yeah, but that would probably be it. Maybe he had a, a massive total there. Actually, Trudy, I think that I think um, Wikipedia's done Ross a, a bit of a disservice. I'm pretty sure he's got three kids, doesn't he, Mitch? Yeah, he does. Has he got three? Well, he was to have had two the day I ran into him twice at the Mount. <laughs> so maybe one have. was at yeah, home yeah, online. Probably. Yeah, online. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the metaverse, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, in searching Wikipedia. Is that, is that why you were there? <laughs> Bring Ross's child back. Exactly. And I thought a couple of cricket facts were in order. Um, the first cricket ball, and you'll probably know this, Mitch, but the first ever cricket ball was apparently made of wool. Wool? Yeah. That is bizarre. Interesting. 
Although no one knows for sure how cricket started, apparently it was invented by shepherds who were, came up the, with the idea as a way of passing time while they were guarding their sheep overnight, and that's how cricket started. What's, so more, that, what's more boring, like the, the endless tests that they used to have or watching sheep? Obviously cricket was more exciting. Yeah, yeah. that's right, but only by a slight margin. <laughs> Very yeah, slight exactly. And that's probably when you lost your sheep and you, you had to go out and... <laughs> The wool, the wool story makes makes sense though. If it was a creative boy, yeah. pretty cool. Hey, I'm pleased I can Trudy. um actually teach a New Zealand former New Zealand cricketer a cricket fact. Yay! Mm, Trudes, yeah. Trudes. Yeah. You did the Tongariro Crossing yesterday, didn't you? I did. How'd yes. you go? I did it. I wanted to do it under six hours, and I did it bang on five. So I left at quarter past one and rocked out of, into the Kitatahi car park at uh, quarter past six. How are the pins so, this morning? Um, I actually wasn't as bad as I thought because the alarm obviously goes off at stupid o'clock to come and do the news with you guys. Not that you guys are stupid, but getting up that early yeah. is. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a struggle. But I actually jumped out of bed, did a few yoga stretches between bulletins, and no worries. I'll go do a mountain bike ride today to um, ease it. Maybe that's... But it is that, that sort of, we're so lucky. Like, this is such a playground. And you said, we just, if you're getting grumpy today, just realise that we're very, very lucky here down under. Trudy? Yeah. Ross's third child is named after an Australian city. Which city? Sydney. Adelaide. 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 There you go. Yeah. Adelaide. Well, that's like that's like that joke, right? You say when you when you're a young couple and one and the lovely long, lovely young lass gets pregnant, you say, "Oh, let's name her Sydney because that's where I'll be." <laughs> <laughs> Not Tongariro. I'm sure there's somebody. I'm sure there's somebody called where you've been. Are you planning on coming back to Auckland? Yeah. You know, I, I come back. I come back into the beautiful SENZ surrounds on. Uh, well, I arrive on Saturday. We go into our new building on Monday, so um, I'll get the key to the door, hopefully, and um, see you guys in person on Monday, the seventeenth, the day that our kids can get back. To Hear that, Joe? You can light it up. <laughs> you can light. <laughs> you can light it up, mate. Just burn the kitchen to the ground. Thanks, Trudy. Trudy's have a little, lovely day, boys. Awesome to catch up. We'll see you tomorrow, Mitch. What do you got there? Oh, we've got the odds up of the Cracker Million, so, yeah, I thought you'd uh, be interested in that. That's up your alley. It is Wolverine going to be hard to beat, although didn't uh, – well, like, one at Alice on its first look around, but I tell you what, there have been better – there's been horses that have performed better at Ellerslie so far. Dynastic, the Almanzor, looks a real promising horse. Fellini as well, and Grace and Grey all have gone really, really nicely for Tiakau at Ellerslie, and it's hard to tip against them, but Wolverine probably does look like the most promising filly of the lot. It is seven and a half minutes away from 10 o'clock. Stephen McIver's got a big show. I've seen the lineup. It's big show. John Day's been working overtime. We're going to catch up with Stephen and find out what he's got going on after this.